Welcome to Leaving a Legacy, a podcast focusing on the legacy format and the New England magic experience. There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. It's like like Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. (laughs) You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> going to pop eight, then you're going to knock her out. Right? So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls deep portion of this. Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, leaving a legacy. Happy birthday to us. I was gonna hop in and give you some uh, some chorus support, no. but it's it's much funnier to have one person say happy birthday alone. Just the saddest, the saddest song. <laughs> it's, so, it's so sad. <laughs> What's up, man? Happy birthday to you uh, and, the, and the cast, dude. Why, thank you. It's not my actual birthday, but it, I guess it's my digital birthday. Yeah, well, that's something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, <laughs> leaving a legacy also, because we lost a couple episodes to the void of, of the web, uh, we're like one of those kids whose parents lost their birth certificate, so we're not exactly sure where the original birth date was, but it was... It was sometime around this time, so we're gonna we're gonna mark it early October. <laughs> That's fair. Fifty-two official released episodes, uh, or so. It's, or so. Never thought we'd make it this mark. And <laughs> Adrian isn't here. He's he's late to the party, fashionably late, but he'll be jumping on in a little bit. So all our loyal listeners don't have to worry. He'll be joining shortly. Yep, but, and I think we have some guests, too, coming on, so yeah. stay tuned for that stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah, I got a big, big episode planned, but even though this is a recorded podcast, we're going to kill some time until the party shows up. <laughs> Get Absolutely. you warmed up. Yeah, it's like the, uh, you know, it's like you're, you're having your first drink around the, uh, the the picnic table, and everyone's just kind of hitting it off and uh, feeling each other out, and... By the end of the episode, hopefully everyone's good and drunk and taking someone home with them. <laughs> there we go. Especially the people who listen to this right before work. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Well, Adrian didn't play any Legacy this weekend, but I know you did, Pat. I did. Yeah, I went up to, uh, well, yeah, I saw you up at TE. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to play in uh, some four rounds of Legacy. Actually was in my first... I think my first chance to actually prize a tee, and of course, in typical, you know, me fashion, I fucking punted real bad, um, so <laughs> we can talk about that if you want, um, but uh, yeah, it was the first, it's my first uh, uh, stroll with this new blue-red Delver list in the uh, post-dig-through-time uh, ban, mm-hmm. um, using the new, I got to use the new mull- uh, the uh, new uh, mulligan, the Vancouver mulligan, as, as it's being called, apparently, and yeah. that- that was pretty sweet too, and I faced some uh, some lists that I hadn't faced before, so that was also interesting. It was actually a really productive day, um, and I really like the list I'm on right now. I just need to learn how to play it better, you know. Nice, real quick, actually going back to that new Mulligan rule. I was yeah. actually caught by surprise because I thought it actually worked differently. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was caught by surprise because I also got to use the new Vancouver Mulligan rule, and I almost, like, half-called the judge on my opponent because I wasn't sure he was doing it right, but he clearly knew more than me. (laughs) My impression was that you mulliganed 
at the start of your turn. So if you play second, you are uh, not mulligan, but you scry at the start of your turn. So if you play second, you scry, put it on the bottom, and then and then decide. But no, you actually do it during the actual mulligan step before your opponent even makes their first play. Right, which is actually interesting because doing it the way that you describe, which is obviously not the way that it works, is a would, way bigger advantage. Yeah, for sure, right? Because you'd see their turn one play. So I actually wonder if that would be something that ever, you know, if if uh, if this doesn't fix the the whole, you know, have to mulligan to six or five and and completely just destroy the chances of winning the game. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't fix that or at least tip it a little bit more favorably, um, I think that something like that might be the way that they go because that's actually a really um, minute change to make to the existing mulligan rule that we have now that would uh, provide a pretty significant advantage. Yeah, maybe we'll get that like 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, long, long after we're probably all uh, sold out of magic. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so, yeah, I played, um, I played uh, Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Uh, he was playing Reanimator in round one. Um, and I did, I I think I beat him. Yeah, I beat him. Um, it was uh, it was three good games. Um, I really I lost the first game. Um, he was able to hit uh, Elish Norn and just just absolutely destroyed my board. Um, so I sided in two cage, two surgicals, and pulled out the forkful, the true name, and the grim lava mancers. And l- running theme like the lava mancers, I feel like in this list, I'm not a big fan of. I sided them out basically every single game. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to keep those in the list. Yeah, they're basically um, only good against other Delver decks. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I guess you can like shoot down shoot down Delvers and uh, shoot down opponents uh, uh, Swift Spears or or Young Pyromancers, but um, yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, but I did uh, I did keep like a three land opener in the second game with a, with a spell pierce um, and. Turns out Stifle is great. Um, huge <laughs> I was fan gonna of that ask card. you. I was gonna ask you how you thought the new Stifle build was. Dude, oh man. <laughs> so, so, and I'll get into this later. I had some really Stifle is a very. And I know you said this before. It's just a very skill testing card because it's very tempting to just like snap it off when someone goes to fetch. But there are decks where it doesn't really matter if you Stifle their fetch. It, they don't really need. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not a huge deal for them. So. Um, I certainly learned that that um, that lesson. However, um, I was able to uh, pull victory from the Jaws of Defeat in Game 2 against him um, when he was able to um, uh, entomb Gristlebrand, and I think he uh, ended up uh, exhuming him. So he had a Gristlebrand out. He was able to swing in the next turn. I had him down, a t- down to three, and I had, like, Pyromancer out with, like, four tokens. So I got him down to three. He, he landed Gristlebrand, swung the following turn, was up at 10, and then he, say, he said out loud, I'm going to do something pretty risky and probably stupid, and he paid seven life to draw seven cards. Oh, Kyle! <laughs> and uh, well, I don't think he knew that I was on Stifle, because I don't think he had seen it yet that game. And, and so, the episode where we talked about adding Stifle to the deck came out the day after. <laughs> you got to listen closer, bro. <laughs> so, you got to listen to the future, bro. <laughs> so I was able to Stifle that, and uh, that felt real good. And I was just able to get him in game two. Oh, I don't First match running it, you get the the magical Christmas land of Stifle oh, and Grizzlebrand activation. Oh, man. So, I mean, because he was, you know, he had brought himself from, from three to ten. And, like, I don't know if I can come back from that. I just don't have the ability to... to... Once Grizzlebrand hits, there's very little my deck can do. 
unless I start running Vapor Snag again, which like I'm almost <laughs> tempted to run in place of the in place of the Grim Lava Mancers. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But um. Uh, it, it, it certainly would bring the curve down. Well, I guess it, no, nah, it really wouldn't bring it down because those were still a one drop. But anyway, I, uh, I was able to pull out game three. Um, round two, I played against Aaron, who was on, <laughs> so originally I thought he was on Merfolk because game one, he leads, <laughs> yeah. he leads Basic Island Chalice, and I'm like, oh, not, not Chalice, uh, Basic uh, Island and, and Aether Vile. I'm yeah. like, oh, this guy's on, uh, this guy's on Merfolk. And then turns out he's on Blue White Death and Taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Something um, you would never expect to see. Yeah, exactly. I, I was able to pull game one because he just got mana flooded and it, it just, it was great. Uh, but he, he just handed me my ass games two and three. Yeah. Um, he is someone who is very proficient with his deck and he knows what yes. he's doing and he plays at a very high pace. Yes. And, yeah. and that was difficult for me to deal with. Um, I just needed to slow myself down and I didn't. And that's just a mistake. You know, that's just like one of those things where when you're playing someone who you don't really know, and he's a nice, wicked nice guy, like he's a regular at the shop and stuff. And, um, uh, but you know, just not not slowing myself down hurt hurt me, and I think that I made some mistakes there mm-hmm. that I could have done. I could have played better. But you know, it was it was good to play because it's a very interesting list. I've never seen blue white death attacks before, so yeah, it's his own invention. Um, it's good for those who don't know. It's it's regular death and taxes, but then he splashes blue for meddling mage and geist to saint draft. That's right, yeah. Yep. And uh, also, congrats to Aaron. He and uh, Kate, uh, who we've mentioned on the show before, she writes uh, all those awesome articles about mud and legacy and such. Uh, they just got engaged recently. I I heard, yeah. So congratulations to uh, to Kate and Aaron. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, magic couples, the rarest commodity in the world. <laughs> I have tried many times to convince my wife to play some magic, and she will not do it. She won't. <laughs> uh, man. My last girlfriend actually never knew I played magic. I just told her I went on business trips when I went to tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> she was like my complete antithesis. Like, she loved football so, yep. so much. And I'm just like, oh god, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but. That is, that is my wife. That is my wife to a T. That is my wife to a T. Yeah. yeah. She's, big, she's a big, uh, football fan, big Tom Brady fan. Yeah, my ex was like such a total bro. In like, <laughs> a very feminine way, I guess. I don't know yeah. how to make that sound like I wasn't dating a truck. She was, she was an attractive lady. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, sure. uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why she thought you were on a, going on a business trip. Like when you're dressed in cargo shorts and with a backpack. <laughs> she never saw that. She never saw okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I, I was more sneaky. But yeah, it was just like, it just never got to the point where I felt comfortable. Probably this is why the relationship ended in the first place. But never really got to the point where I could like tell her, yeah, I'm like a super nerd. And I, <laughs> I play this children's card game and I have a podcast about it. And <laughs> I spend way too much talking about cardboard. And I spend way too much money. And I'm, yeah, I'm not actually going on business trips. I'm going to magic tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> but you're probably doing uh, maybe more degenerate things, I guess, playing Magic than you would on a business trip. So yeah, probably. <laughs> um, uh, round three, I played against Rug, which you know we talked about having a pretty big resurgence um, after uh, Dick Through Time got banned. Um, so uh, playing Rug, I lost the first game um, to the Tarmogoyf beatdowns, but I was able to pull out a fairly close game two, and game three was just super grindy. Um, he had me down to like nine, and he was just swinging with uh, uh, what is it, Nimble Mongoose? He had like double Nimble mm-hmm. Mongoose out, and I was able to land uh, Blood Moon. Oh. Um, and then yeah, and yeah, so that's also suck it again. Oh, so it was so good. 
It was so good, man. I, I, I hit Blood Moon, and, like, so with the Rug and Blue-Red Delver matchup that I'm, the list that I'm running now, it's a lot of, it's kind of like an attrition war, because we're both stifling each other's fetches. Yeah. We're both fighting with a lot of counter magic, so. Um, and... Yeah, I was able to, um, I was able to build up my hand, I was able to build up four lands, and, um, I played, I played out my, um, I, I played out my Blood Moon, and he went to Daze it, I think, and I had the Force of Will back up, and I was able to land Blood Moon, and so he's basically sitting on two Nimble Mongoose, cannot play any spells, um, and I just end up, like, top-decking True Name Nemesis, and then, like, a turn later, top-decking my other copy of True Name Nemesis, and um, just going back and forth, and finally I, I, I got him down to uh, to five, and he swung, and, and like, he top deck took a bolt, but he only got me to one, and I, I had the game after that. So. Oh, nice! That it was it, he was a little bit salty, um, which is understandable. Like he 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 should have won that game, and it just like he wasn't able to fight the Blood Moon. It felt real good to play that. I'm yeah. I'm telling you, man. Like Price of Progress does not me win does does not win me that game. Blood Moon wins me that game. Yep. You know, um, I just didn't have enough damage. I mean, I literally landed the Blood Moon. He was still at twenty life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just, it just wasn't going to happen then. Um, and then, so now I'm 2-1. Um, I think there was only, like, 18 players, so if I win round uh, four, I'm probably in top five to prize if I'm, like, four, if I'm three and one. Yep. Um, so I play against a kid who I knew was playing Ant, because I think you played him earlier in the day, Sean. Yeah, he was my second round opponent. Yeah, so, uh, and this is what's frustrating, um, because I've never played against Ant before, but you would think that the guy who runs, like, four copies of Days, four copies of Force of Will, four copies of Stifle, yeah, should Stifle be able to... Stifle is a house against that deck. <laughs> okay, and you know what I fucking did? I was burning my Stifles on his fetches, burning my uh, Stifles, just, just yeah. not, like, not really thinking about, not, not like, I was a little bit too antsy, I think, you know, kind of excited to, to prize, finally being in a place where I can get some store credit, yep. and not really thinking about the matchup too much, and just sort of snapping off my spells, just kind of like, I was just playing magic, I wasn't trying to, to, to win a game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but um, I uh, I just, I was fighting against his like his his um, his thought seizes, and well, what up? What's, what's the therapy? Other? He was wrecking me with Cabal Therapy. Yeah, he never played Cabal Therapy against me, um, I actually did surgical extract him once, which was actually a really nice play. Um, but uh, he, yeah, he, he didn't hit cabal therapy. He got in games one and two. He got a two for one turn one, naming show and tell. Ugh. Turn one, game one and game two. I drew my opening seven, and it's like land, 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 show and tell, fatty. And like, well, I keep this. Like, yeah. just don't keep it. And then there was I drew my seventh card, and it's another show and tell. And then he goes, turn one, Cabal Therapy, naming, show and tell. That's, <laughs> son of a bitch. I mean, actually, game one, it was more legit because he he Gitaxian probed first. Okay, I was going to ask, is that one of those matchups where he, he just knows you and knows you're on the deck? Like, one of those things where you play in, like, a, a no. predictable meta or a specific shot? Because if you're playing in an SCG Open um, and you play game one, yeah. that's probably not what he's going to name, right? He's not yeah, just going to go... That's suspicious if they're going... Yeah. Cabal Therapy on the blind. No, game one, he, he Gitaxian probed me. That's okay. how he knew I had two show and tells in hand. And then game two, I'm just like, well, if he doesn't have Cabal Therapy, I win the game. And yeah. he had it. But I won anyways. But <laughs> Go on. No, yeah, I, I don't want to go too much into the ga- into these games because they will bore people. Let's just say I had horrible misplays in both games. And, like, I honestly, like, a turn before he goes off, I have Stifle in hand and play it on his fetch. Like, not thinking, like, 
hey, you know what? Ant doesn't really need their lands. Like, they're going to be playing, like, Lion's Eye Diamond. Or not Lion's Eye Diamonds. They're going to be playing Lotus Petals. They're going to be playing Dark Rituals. Like, Dark Petitions, even. They don't really need... They don't really need the lands. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely was unwise in fighting against that. But it's a good lesson learned, so I'm not, like... I'm not angry about it. I'm not, like, upset about it. Um, it was still, like, a solid, like, four rounds of Legacy. And still going two and two is an improvement over where I was, like, three or four months ago. So I'm not I'm not upset about that. Overall, it was a great day. Nice. Yeah. How about you, man? Uh, I had a good time. Uh, so I sleeved back up uh, Sneak and Show, uh, replacing the Dig Through Times with an oldie but goodie misdirection. Oh. Um, had some real fun with that that day. Uh, round one, I versed Shardless Bug. And it was one of those ones where I didn't even know what deck he was on until after the match because just games one and two, I just had the filthy nut draw and just like, like dumped an Emrakul on turn two. Um, so that, that one was pretty straightforward. Round two, I versed Storm and that one was actually really close. Um, game one, he stormed me out and then I scraped back in with games two and three, um, just by getting really lucky. Yeah. Like, I top-decked a Grizzlebrand exactly when I needed it, right before he was going to go off. Um, so I was able to uh, get Grizzlebrand in play and then just draw a bunch of cards to draw all the counter magic. Um, round three, I actually ended up versing uh, Brad Burke. He's a uh, local player. He has this crazy homebrew, um, which is Esper. It's blue, white, black. And it's like... Artifact Days Undoing. <laughs> so he's running like... Like, in the, like an Affinity build, almost? Yeah, but without any creatures. Oh, okay. <laughs> so his win condition is like Monastery Mentor Sensei's Dividing Top combo. By just okay. doing two Sensei's Dividing Cops and constantly drawing and casting them to make more tokens. Oh, wow. But what he does is he runs like Chrome Mox and Mox Opals to power out like Turn 1 Days Undoings. <laughs> so he just, like, casts a bunch of, like, moxes and lands, so he only has, like, two or three cards in hand. Then he casts Days Undoing, draws seven more cards, and then you basically shuffle away your hand to draw seven more, and you may even get a no-lander and a hand that you would have mulligans, but now you're forced to keep it. Oh, my God, that's dirty. And it just kind of plays like a blue-white-black control deck with, like, Source of Plowshares and Terminus and, you know, other, you know, Thoughtseize, things like that. Um... But there was a really awesome interaction where in game game two, um, uh, I have a, um, uh, what is it called? Sneak attack in play. Mm-hmm. And he has a monast, he has a monastery mentor in play. And he goes to vindicate my sneak attack. Um, and I misdirect the Vindicate back to his, uh, Monastery Mentor. <laughs> and he has Sensei's Dividing Top Counterbalance combo. And he pays one, looks at the top three, um, and doesn't see a five drop. So mm-hmm. he has a fetch land. And he go, he fetches, gets a fresh one on top. And I forget what the interaction was, but um, uh, for some reason he didn't, he wasn't able to activate Sensei's Divining Top again. So he had to basically blind flip it um, to uh, basically see if he had uh, a five drop on top. And of course he has the Force of Will on top. 
So he, he even though it would have been like the perfect misdirection, he blind flips Force of Will, cowering it. Um, but turns out Sudden Shock is really good against Monastery Mentors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Sudden Shock is one colorless, one red for basically shock, deal two damage to a creature or player, but it is split second. <laughs> um, so I boarded in my sudden shocks from the sideboard, and he he just I killed all his win conditions. That is sweet. <laughs> so I eventually just drew back into it and ended up beating him. That's like a little pet card of yours, huh? Sudden shock. Yeah, yeah, it really is because it was originally an answer to um, like it's great answer for the Vendillion click Caracas combo. Yep. Uh, which actually came into play against Aaron playing the uh, blue white Death and Taxes deck. Must be good against elves too, right? Yeah, it's great against elves. It's just an all around really good card because they yeah. can't interact with it. It's just kill something, it's dead. <laughs> it's like, no, I said it's dead. Don't try and do any shenanigans, it's dead. <laughs> so now you're now you're three and zero going into round four. Yep, now I'm three and zero going into round four, and I'm all pumped because it wasn't a super large turnout. So at the time, there was only about fifteen people left in the room. But what I didn't account for is that a bunch of people had dropped and left. Mm-hmm. So, really, the tournament had 18 people, and 18 people was enough to make it five rounds. So I'm going into uh. round four, and I get paired up against Aaron, and both me and Aaron are the only undefeated people in the room. So I'm like, oh, sweet, we can just scoop, uh, we can just uh, draw, and we can both just go into top four together. And then Nate comes over and goes, oh, no, there's five rounds today. Oh, man. Um, so we had to play it out, um, and, uh, you know, Aaron was playing the, uh, Blue White Death and Taxes, and game one, he beats me, he just, you know, he knocks me down, uh, he gets, like, the Vendillion click lock, um, and just basically kills me before I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Game two, I literally just, just throw my hand on the table, like, I just drop my hand, and it's uh, Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, Show and Tell, Emrakul. Yes. Because <laughs> I just, I know, he, like, while he's running blue, I know he doesn't run any counter magic in that deck. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, oh, yeah, you get it, you got it, let's go to game three. <laughs> and then we're, like, we're shuffling up and going to game three, and he's like, huh, I probably should have at least seen to see if I, like, top deck to Caracas. Cause I, I was like, gonna, I was just gonna ask you if he runs Caracas. <laughs> yeah, so he runs, like, three, he runs three Caracas in that list. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, like, a very good chance that he could have top decked to Caracas, but it just, like, I just did it so confidently, it was almost just like, yep, you got it, let's go to game three. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe I misered that one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the edges you get in life, man, it's the edges. Yeah, exactly. Game three was super interactive. He had a turn two meddling mage naming show and tell. Uh, then he got the Vendillion click Caracas combo. And uh, basically I was just able to draw out of it through brainstorms and jaces. I was able to land a turn two jace against him. That's pretty awesome. Going ancient tomb, island, lotus petal, jace. Yep. So turn two jace. So he got, he had a... That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. Jace definitely kept me in that game just because I kept like ticking him up. And mm-hmm. he was just distracted. He was attacking Jace rather than my life total. Yep. Um, so that kept me alive long enough that I was able to draw the Sudden Shock to kill his Vendillion Click to end the Vendillion Click lock. And then I was able to go just runner, runner, sneak attack, uh, Grizzlebrand. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, that, that one game three. And it was funny, after we finished game three, I'm just like, oh, good game, and I go to sign the slip. He's like, what are you doing? That was only game two. I'm like, no, that was game three. Remember game two when I just threw my hand on the table? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. It doesn't feel like much of a game when that happens, but it no. does count as a game. No, I, I, honestly, I forgot about it myself halfway game three. I'm just like, oh, man, even if I win this, I'm going to have to win another one. This is going to be so brutal. <laughs> and then I win, I'm like, oh, wait, I already did win two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Yeah. I, I really like that list, man. Something about show and tell just kind of speaks to me. Oh, it's so nice. Um, And then for round five, I didn't know if I was going... So I was the only undefeated person in the room at that point. Yep. But the way Breaker's math was working out and the way everything was happening, there were so many people with nine points and I had 12. I wasn't sure if I was locked for top four. Um, Hmm. So I actually had to play out the last round. I wasn't able to scoop my opponent in. Really? Yeah. Just it was it was a weird way the the breakers were shaping up, and uh, we ended up playing, and uh, he actually ended up beating me. So oh. he was also playing the crazy days undoing deck. Um. So because he's a, he's a friend of Brad's. Uh, his name's Liam. He's yeah. a friend of Brad's, and he was running the same like crazy days undoing deck, and it actually ended up beating me that time. Uh, mostly, I think, because he was running more heavily on Snapcaster mages. Yep. And Snapcaster Majors just beat my face in. Yeah. So he ended up beating me, and I'm just like, yep, I'm going to get the Jeremy Fifth. It's oh, my, no. <laughs> my go-to role, Jeremy Fifth. Uh, but it ended up working out. Uh, the Breakers ended up, I ended up actually squeaking into uh, top four. Good. Nice, yeah. man. Great. So got some credit. It was a good time. Nice. Awesome, man. Um, all right. You want to add uh, Adrian on the call? He is waiting for us. Oh, is he now? He is. Yeah, he has been for a little bit, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to fuck up your flow, man. I love. I love listening to your stories. So. <laughs> Thanks. Let's add Adrian in here. Round two pairings have been posted. I'm going to change my name on Puka Trade to. Ten percent bonus for Cavern of Souls. <laughs> Why you need Cavern of Souls? I got some. I just yeah, I need one. I need one for my Slivers deck. I got. One. <laughs> What's well, up, man? Look who it is! Is it the birthday boy in his birthday suit? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You um, bad shit crazy? How are you doing? <laughs> Please tell me you guys saw that picture I sent you in uh, in Messenger. Who is that? Who is that I don't, person? I have no idea. I found the picture on Reddit. I'm like, oh, this must be how Adrian Skypes. <laughs> what picture in Messenger? Oh, uh, uh, I'll get it for you. I'll get no, it for I'll you. I'll just look it up. Now I'm home. I just, I haven't had fucking, oh, look at that shit. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I saw a video the other day. Some guy was vaping, and all of a sudden, like, he put this big cloud on the table and took his friend's biscuit. Did you see that Oh, shit? yeah, I saw oh, that. Did you, saw did you send that to me? Because I saw that, too. <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. I had... I had, uh, Revised Angel put something up on Twitter about, uh, she must have been in a children's, at a pediatric waiting room, and there was a sign that said no vaping. <laughs> She's like, who the fuck is doing that? <laughs> so I, I sent her back a, a picture that I came across that I guess had her laughing. It was, uh, I figured I'd, if I could brighten up somebody's Monday, then shit. That's, that's a good life, you know? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So how you guys doing? Awesome. We just uh, finished the rundown talking about that Z on Sunday. Oh yeah. Well, can we can we do it again? I'm just curious, Jerry. What did you play? <laughs> I played uh, Sneak and Show. Okay, and and to a large success. Yep, I went uh, four and one. Ended up uh, top fouring, and we ended up splitting. 
You motherfuckers. You see, you always split with people, man. Yeah, because I have a life. I need to do things. It's like, it's like. Seven... How do you have a life? You play Legacy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That yeah. is life, man. I, I had to do things. I and it's not, it's an hour drive for me, so it's like going into top four. It's like six thirty, and knowing I have an hour drive, last thing I want to do is be getting out of there at like eight o'clock, and then driving home at nine on a Sunday, and then having to wake up at you know, 5.30 the next morning, so I like to enjoy a little non-magic time on my Sundays. Dude, you should just fucking... Uh, Alright, never mind then. Never mind then. You can't no. stay at... You, you can't take first place and stay at my place then. <laughs> I mean, that would have been an option, I'm just saying. I actually... I, I was, There was some ill planning. I forgot to mention, I actually went to my first ever, like, party of magic people that wasn't a magic party. So, uh, Nick Wilbur, uh, friend of the cast, he, uh, he just bought a new house. Yes, so he did. So, he actually... Oh, fuck, I missed his housewarming. Yeah, I was wondering Shit. if you were going to come to that. It was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, no it was Saturday, it was Saturday. Fuck. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was awesome because it was like a party setting, like everyone was hanging out, drinking, uh, having a good time, and, but it was all like a mix of all the magic people and then all these other non-magic people. Yeah. So half the room's talking about like legacy decks and then the other half is talking about the Patriots or whatever mm-hmm. normal people talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty interesting and I almost ended up like crashing at, uh, his house cause I had my decks, but I didn't have like a change of clothes or, a towel or anything. I didn't want to be like that stereotypical magic player who goes to a tournament unshowered wearing the day before clothes. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, played, uh, I played Blue Red Delver with a motherfucking Wasteland Stifle package! Yeah! And I, my, my winning in, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard you... So what, what was it? Did you miss the, to stifle the storm trigger? Yep. Yeah... But you you learned from it though, right? Like a fucking jabroni. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 you know what? I got to I got to stifle the Grizzlebrand trigger. So that felt. Oh, like isn't that fucking awesome? <laughs> that would be a game against against uh, Kyle, man. It was fucking uh, great. Pay seven, draw zero. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that that one, dude. Oh man, it was fucking. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yep. Stifling Grizzlebrand triggers is always good. Oh, I was fucking walking around with a boner, man. It was great. <laughs> now all you do is uh, stifle a Jace ultimate. Then your <laughs> then your full card has been punched. Wait, can you do that? Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He oh, loses yeah. his loyalty, but he doesn't ultimate. Oh god, that's amazing. Yeah. He's, he sits uh. at one and dies to a fucking elemental token. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. Oh, man. So fucking happy birthday, man. I, I got to tell Jerry that, but happy birthday to you, Adrian. Yeah, so two episodes, so, man. Yeah, it's not it's not the real birthday. Me and Jerry's just been fucking hanging out for a year now. <laughs> yeah, I, I said earlier that uh, we're comparing it to a kid whose parents lost their birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's pretty fucking cute. So, so here's... All right, all right. Want to hear my weekend? Yeah, let's Absolutely. do it. All right, so it's too fucking bad that I missed... Uh, Nick's housewarming, Nick and Sierra, and fucking congratulations to them. So I actually closed on that house Friday. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Now yep. you're going to have a housewarming party. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I could fit a housewarming party. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm really fucking excited. And, uh, I had like this. So I, I took the day off Friday to close on the house and like, 
you know, the, the, there's multiple apartments and I'd seen the leases and stuff and all of a sudden I go for like the final inspection before I go sign a shitload of papers and, you know, suddenly one's got a dog and like another one's got a cat and like, this, like there was no pets and shit so the homeowner's insurance wasn't set up for that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is all like last minute interesting and like my buddy's like, yeah, that shit always just happens. You just fucking, you know, you, you're going to deal with it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, uh, and then I went to go sign the papers. And Pat knows this. When you sign papers to buy a house, you sign a lot of fucking papers. Yeah, there's it's a lot like, of them. Yeah, it's, it's like 50, 60, 70 pages, honestly. It was Insane. more like 200. Yeah, but, it's, and, well, yeah, it's been a few it's years, getting, so it's. And it's getting to be more. And like, yeah. so when I, when I got there, I'm like, oh, I gotta pee. And, <laughs> but I can't find the bathroom. But I'm going to be here for a while, and I got five minutes to be there. I should just fucking go. So I went and I sat down, and I had these guys laughing the whole fucking time. They're like, um, you know, I'm, I'm signing all these papers, and I stop, and I look at the, the deed layout or whatever, and, you know, my attorney's like, yeah, you're an engineer, aren't you? And I said, yeah, why? He goes, because nobody reads that. Just put it down, sign it, and keep going. And I'm like, okay. And they're explaining to me everything on the way by, and then, like, they start going like, oh, you're doing good. You're almost there. And I'm like, I got to pee. And they start, they start laughing. I'm like, are we there yet? <laughs> and and uh, I ended up leaving. And then the bank's attorney called me up. And he's like, I'm going to need you to come back. <laughs> I signed my middle name the whole time. And the bank didn't acknowledge that I had a middle name. So I was going to have to sign them all again. Jesus so. Christ, that can't be real. <laughs> Actually, no, I can believe it's real because I've told clients that the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I told him, I'm like, well, I, I usually sign my full name if it's something I'm taking serious. He's like, oh, I really wish you didn't take this serious. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you say that now, six months from now, you're going to wish I'd take it serious. <laughs> but, yeah, so then I spent I spent the weekend doing some, like, you know, uh, some things have been not in disrepair, but, like, some things just... Um, there were trees growing around electrical wires and one of them had snapped so I did like prune the tree back and just start doing some property management type shit and so I didn't so I didn't get to play oh and I wanted to so bad man like I was oh, I was going to go draft Friday with Kyle and I had something come up and so I couldn't go draft but he ended up going down there and like and I guess that the, they must still do it too um, you know if you registered for the draft it's 20% off legacy singles or 20% off singles and and he found me a couple ether vials. Sweet. Yeah. So um, so I managed to get a couple of ether vials from Kyle, and hopefully this weekend uh, I could pick them down up. I could pick them up and go do a draft down there because uh, I still owe him a little bit for the ether vials. So I think I can cover his draft if he's up for it. So I'll find out. Round three pairings have been posted. Speaking of fucking awesome people, anyway, I figured I'd bring a young guy to the party because uh, so I'm old. One, the only <laughs> Mr. Kerman. Yes, I am here. Uh, what's <laughs> up, buddy? What's, going what's happening, on, John? Sorry, you've been hanging out so long, wait, and I've been running late. Uh, I'm dragging my ass. I'm dragging my ass it's like a cat with worms. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How's, how's college life treating you, Kerman? Um, it's it's a lot of work. It is definitely a lot of work. Is that a euphemism for for parties? What what do you kids do these days? <laughs> All sorts of stuff, man. 
<laughs> Way to be super vague. Good. Hey man. Someone I'm still has someone has, still has dreams of a political career in the future. <laughs> never Very never true. admit to anything. That's what I thought. Uh, I've learned my constitutional rights since I've been here. <laughs> From the inside of a jail cell, I hope not. <laughs> not yet, no. Okay, good. Good. Oh, man. So what have you been up to, man? I haven't seen you down at T in a while. You've been playing Legacy at all, John? Um, I made it to the Lotus Tournament and the IQ at Worcester, but neither of those went too well. Um, I scrubbed out of the IQ and then uh, started off strong in uh, the Lotus Tournament, but just kind of teetered off from there. Did you keep death in taxes? Yes. yes. Okay. The deal didn't end up going through. I'm happy with it, actually. Good, because you're going to start seeing Jerry doing sneak and show. You would have hated getting rid of Death and oh, Taxes. Oh, man, yeah. I'm kind of glad you weren't there. Not that I wouldn't have loved <laughs> to see you, Karen, but I would have hated playing against you on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to try to get up there in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, but there's a few things going on these next two weekends, so I don't know if I'll be able to get up there. Yeah, you gotta you got to enjoy that college life. That's when I took a break. When I started college, I basically put down magic from freshman year to, like, first half of senior year and then picked it up again when I realized my life was coming to an end. <laughs> well, I mean, I started and all of a sudden it's like IQ and then the Lotus Tournament and it was like nothing was really going on over the summer and the two biggest tournaments in the past few months back to back so I had to make an exception there. Well, uh, also coming up at the end of October, October 24th, there's the 200 Duel Lands Tournament down in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I I wish I could go down there. Unfortunately, it's not going to work out with my schedule. No, nah, man, just drop out of school. Just this is more important. <laughs> Tony, the pro magic scene. Yeah, you looking for a young legacy money. player. Way more money as a pro legacy player. <laughs> Don't do that, oh, kids. Yeah. Don't listen to our advice. <laughs> so, John, what what is it you're studying anyway? Um, finance. That's, That's, one boy. Oh, right now. That's my boy. <laughs> I need an accountant. I need an accountant. You for hire already? <laughs> I mean, hey, I just finished my first accounting test, so, yeah. Well, that's, so, that's so yes. more than me. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, good. Yes. That, 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 that's more than me. <laughs> hey, the balance sheet balance, and I figured, all right, good enough. <laughs> no, that's I really I all that matters. It's the easiest It's the easiest test to know if you did it well or not. <laughs> Do the numbers add up? <laughs> yeah. Well, the th- so So... Uh, John, I just closed on a house, and now I'm trying to figure out uh, what's deductible over the course of the next year. Sounds like a you good you Everything if you're creative well, but, enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, I de- can I deduct my new prison slippers? Uh, do you use your prison slippers <laughs> in a fashion related to your property management? Well, it depends. If I'm taking accountant advice from Jerry, I could be. <laughs> <laughs> Then yes, yes, you guys. <laughs> you know, Adrian, I have a great, uh, I, I have a great uh, accountant that was like right down the road from you in Oxford. If you want, if you want her number, she's awesome What's with that name? stuff. Oh man, uh, Mary, Mary something. She owns a little flower shop right down by you, like right down the street. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ladybug florist and shit. 
Yeah, yeah, that's oh, her. It's not, it's like, not it, shit. Is that the actual name? Ladybug florist and shit. Yep. Shout out to Ladybug florist. Yeah, she also does fertilizer deliveries, so it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, well, I gotta, I gotta find somebody that I can actually, cause every year I just do like, one year I'll do H&R Block, next year I do fucking Liberty Tax, next year I, and I just bounce. Yeah, it's, and it's just because I'm lazy. Like, it's addition yeah. and subtraction, I can follow that. But like now, now there's also to like, I don't know, somehow it becomes a business. So like. Yeah, I mean, owning, owning a home, like, you wanna make sure you're getting all your deductions, like, if you keep your receipts and you talk to them, like, all that shit goes together. She gives me, like, I have all my tax from the last, like, four or five years because she puts them all in a manila folder, staples it all nice and nice, and uh, gives it to me. I put it right in my right in my file thing, and, like, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have that fucking anything on my taxes. So. Yeah, I was able to write off Magic cards last year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. this, this is just a, I, I don't, I think it falls even separate because it's rental income. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it, it, it falls even, like, and then things are deductible if it's, like common area or renovating an apartment thing, but if it's like my own unit, then not. It, it, I gotta. I don't. I don't understand the shit. That's why you gotta have an account. Man. Well, that's you why I'm saying Kerman. That, yep. That's why I'm saying Kerman. <laughs> like, like we'll see if I pass the glass first, and then. <laughs> Good. Anyways, well, as much as we're riveting discussion about deductibles are on our 57, <laughs> 57 it's, episode. It's kind of like MTG Finance. Yeah, it's like MTG Finance, except it's real finance, and we're bringing everyone <laughs> back down here. Actually, of all the different formats, Legacy is probably the one format that could actually get away, because its player base actually knows what we're talking about. Like, don't even try that shit on a standard podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, speaking of death and taxes, uh... John, did you notice that Death and Taxes took down uh, the SCG IQ? Did it? Yeah. So SCG Columbia, uh, first place Death and Taxes. Columbia? Really? Yeah. I don't think it's the country. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, not Columbus, Columbia. I wonder if this is it like the District of Columbia? Maybe. Oh, or- like these? Maybe? I was looking at the Indianapolis results, and I saw a couple out in the top six. Oh, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I figured this was the softball to get us warmed up, talking about Columbia. Oh, man, I want to talk about I want to talk about Indianapolis as well. This is fucking great. All right, real quick then, since we're so eager, I just wanted to bring up the reanimator list on Columbia. They had some pretty spicy tech. They're running a one-of Scrubland for white, and they're running one-of Unburial Rites in the reanimator list. <laughs> Because they can entomb for the unburial light rights and then flash it back. So oh. entomb can fi- literally find any combo piece in the deck. I just thought that was really cute. Do you got a link? Uh, yeah, right I here. Feel, I feel a little naked. A little <laughs> naked. Uh, do you think lists are going to stop running uh, the new Jace just because of the fact that Dick was banned? Yeah, me and Pat were talking about this on Sunday. I feel Jace gets worse, but Pat, you feel Jace gets better without Dick through time? It, I mean, it might. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, he's gonna flip earlier, right? Because he's gonna, you know, you're gonna have the stuff in the graveyard. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that that card is just fucking stu- stu- super expensive right now. It's eighty. It's stupid at eighty dollars. Yeah, it's stupid. insane. It's insane. Like the last time Jace was, well, the last time there was this eighty dollars standard card. I think it was. Uh, JTMS, right? Like, yep, and originals into card. <laughs> yeah, so. I actually saw cardboard cracked, uh, cardboard crack, not cracked, um, 
they do like a comic strip of magic, and they had a really funny one where it was uh, it was a clip, and it was these two people talking. It's like, oh man, I can't wait for uh, Battle for Zendikar. Original Zendikar was so awesome. And then the next panel is just him crying and sobbing. <laughs> and it's like, I thought you were so excited. Um, he's like, yeah, but Jace is $80. She's like, yeah, just like in the first Zendikar. Yeah. <laughs> How did you not see that coming? Come yeah. On. I'm just kicking myself for not buying Jace a pre-order for like 10 bucks. $8. Yeah, $8 I saw for eight. pre-ordering at. That's fucking insane. Uh, just buy every Jace, kids. Anytime I mean, Jace gets spoiled, buy Jace. Yep. Yep, don't ever not buy Jace. It's almost like you can buy a box, and if you open a Jace, you've already broken even, so... <laughs> I got a foil Jace and an Expedition. Oh, man. Well, it's a separate set. I mean, it probably... Oh, okay. It Never would, mind. It would help, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, there's also, like, Hangerback Walker. There's a lot of really good stuff in Origins. Like Origins is a legit set, man. Days Undoing, uh, Dark Petition, lot, uh, as we say, most legacy playable cards in the last four years. It's true, it's true. <laughs> I played against a lot of Origins cards on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely saw Dark Petition uh, on Sunday as well. Days Undoing. You noticed more... Now the Digs band, do you think? Yeah, I definitely... Like, people were out in force brewing up some wacky, crazy stuff, which I love. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels like this kind of pressure's been lifted on the format. But even saying that, you know, for those people saying Omnitel's dead, uh, two copies of Omnitel were placed in the top eight of this SCG Columbia, running the old Enter the Infinite combo. So Omnitel is still a legit deck. It's just not as impressive as it used to be. So sorry mm-hmm. you don't get, like, 90% win, win condition, uh, or win percentage, I should say. Uh, it's But it's still a legit deck. Get wrecked. Yeah, get wrecked. It was a good deck before. It was. I mean, I think it just goes to show, just play what you know, because I think a lot of people were just scrambling these, like, this past week, and the people that just made those changes who were used to the strategy <laughs> were probably able to perform pretty well on that. Oh, yeah, for right. sure. And, and, I mean, and Jerry, you made a really good point last week about how People's sideboards are tuned for a meta that still has dig through time, and they're not changing their sideboards as fast as they're going to change their decks. So because yeah, they of, don't know, they don't know what to prepare for now. It, yeah, exactly. And like I think you know also too like people will run hate in their sideboard and then forget why they put it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> or there's also people with the ah uh, fuck it approach, which I ran where I didn't have time to change my <laughs> list. I just Literally, right before the tournament started, I switched out Dig Through Times from Misdirections and called it a day. (laughs) (laughs) Must be nice, Jerry. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, all right, so you you, you guys want to talk about uh, about this other event? Get to the meat of the matter, the Indianapolis tournament. Yeah, man. All right, so just going over the top eight real quick. Um, Charlotte Saltai and... What's that? uh, as, As you do, can we mention this other thing, too? What other thing? Uh, Indianapolis. No, it was on the Leaving Legacy group. Steve Hendrickson Jr., uh, Lawrence Hyman. Oh, yeah, Matt, yeah. And Matt all cashed at that. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, oh, was they, that, was that they Indianapolis? Placed, yeah, they placed ninth, 27th, and 4th respectively. Oh, fucking congrats, guys. Nice work. Yeah, so, as, just as we pull up the 4th list, we'll actually fucking recognize the guy from the Leaving Legacy group. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Alright, so. Awesome yeah, job, huh? guys. Awesome job. Baller. <laughs> Alright, so. so Running down the lists, um, Charlotte's Bug in first, uh, Sneak and Show oh. in second. Ooh, See, that's so good. Dig Through Time gets banned, Him to Turret gets better, and Charlotte's Bug comes back. Also, Sneak and Show gets back now that Omni Show isn't as oppressive. 
Oh, that deck uh, is so fucking much fun. I love that book. Sorry. In third, in third, and I'd like to kind of... I love one. this list. This list Eureka is amazing. Tell. Can we just go into this list first before we <laughs> yeah, go over please, everything else? I'm very interested in this in this list. I have not seen Eureka Tell. So. I mean, I haven't. I mean, I've seen Eureka decks before, but never like this. Like not this with Ugin. Yeah, this is a whole <laughs> new species. All right, let's. Sorry, right, so let's go down this list real quick, just for people who don't who haven't seen it. Um, he's got two Emrakul, three Grizzlebrand, two Ugin the Spirit Dragon, which is the uh, the mythic out of uh, Fate Reforged. Uh, four Lotus Petal, four Omniscience, four Brainstorm, two Days, four Force of Will, four Eureka. Four Ponder, four Preordain, four Show and Tell. Did you um, mention the four Omniscience, too? Now, uh, excuse yeah, me I while that. I open the Oracle text on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, so Eureka reads, let's see, it's two green-green, and the Oracle text is, uh, it's a sorcery. Starting with you, each player may put a permanent card from his or her hand onto the battlefield. Repeat this process until no one puts a card onto the battlefield. It's basically I just love a the art. yeah. It, the art is awesome. It's basically a show and tell that keeps repeating until both until players are out of cards in their hand. Right. So it's a it's a show and tell that can go for a while. Um, what if you look at this list? It's actually if you overlay sneak and show on top of it, it's very very similar in both the mana base and the threats and the the packages. It's very similar to Sneak and Show, only instead of going red for Sneak Attack, it's going green for Eureka. Um, and Eureka decks were popular a while ago. They were also part of the Hypergenesis decks. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that sometimes your opponents were able to put in more and better things than you were. Well, not necessarily better, but just more. They could swarm you because Eureka kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel Ugin is a great addition to this list because oh, yeah. Ugin can be your trump card. They can um, empty their hand of threats, and then you can just choose to put Ugin into play last, and then just minus minus X Ugin and wipe their board. And you effectively just mind twisted them there for their entire hand. Yeah, especially if um, unless they're unless they're putting out say what Emrakul. Well, Emrakul is what seven or eight converted mana costs. You mean Grizzlebrand? Um, Grizzlebrand, rather. Grizzlebrand. Uh, Grizzlebrand's eight. So, right. Okay, so unless you have Grizzlebrand or Emrakul, like, that's that's wiping the board of whatever they put out there. Yeah, but pretty it, much. It, unless you're playing another busted combo deck, you are wiping them out with a new uh, game. Yeah, or if they put in their own omniscience and kill you at instant speed. Right. So, against any other, like, bust, busted fair deck. But, I mean, that's what these decks... I mean, Seek and Show has the same problem. You're always really wary casting Show and Tell versus yeah. an omniscience or a reanimator deck because... You know, there's always the chance that they put in, like, against Reanimator, they put in Tidespout Tyrant, and then they bounce your guy. <laughs> no, it's, it's just really cute in the face of somebody who puts in a Trinosphere against Omni Show, and you actually start dropping Grizzlebrand Ugin. Right. In Emrakul. Yeah, exactly. So this list is just awesome. I really wish I had Eureka's so I could put it together, and I'm kicking myself because Eureka used to be, like, a $50 card. Yeah, and it is not anymore. Now it's out of stock on SCG at 120 can oh, we just oh, talk about this art real quick? Can we talk about, like, the uh, Kaja Foglio art? You're just fucking, gonna, like, you got to be sw- careful with it. Jerry did this before. <laughs> did you ever edit that out? We actually... Before, I did edit that out. <laughs> you should have. I told you to leave it. I told you to leave it. Don't make me edit it again. Before before you joined the cast, Pat, me and Adrian had kind of an after-hours moment where we talked about the art of Eureka. And I think it's racist. You think it's racist? <laughs> yeah. Adrian, Adrian's going to get mad if I go into my rant again, but he edited oh, it out the first time. Okay. 
I'm not gonna get mad. I just, uh, I just, I just uh, respectfully. <laughs> it just looks help. like it looks like a wizard, and then he summoned like fucking Slimer from the Ghostbusters. I always think it's. I always think of what's his name, the piece of poop from from South Park, <laughs> Mr. Hanky. Yeah, it's like Mr. Hanky, and to top it all off, he's holding up a sign that says E equals MC squared. Yeah, yeah. Like that's just, the best. I remember. So my two favorite cards out of the fucking game, like artwork wise, are Eureka and Presence of the Master. Yeah. Just both of them reference Albert Einstein. Yeah, so with these, when I first saw Eureka in real life, like before there was ever like looking up cards online or anything, I looked at the card and I'm just like, who did this terrible, terrible altar? <laughs> like I could not believe that this artwork was real. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I don't like Foglio's uh, stuff. Oh, she did Shaharazade. Like, I know, I don't, I don't like that either. I think all of her shit looks like it was... It's very cartoony. Yeah, it, exactly. It look it does not look like the magic that I grew up with. It's like from a a bygone era. You know what I mean? Like, ah, uh, see, I I love this stuff. You know, state, uh, my my all time favorite art in the game, and uh, this is also a shout out to Ryan from the uh, Facebook group is Stasis. Stasis is my all time favorite art. Oh, uh, the worst art. Oh, uh, it's the best. You shut your it dirty makes mouth. Makes no sense. You shut your dirty mouth. No, the best art is something like fucking Emrakul. No, which is like uh, terrifying. No. And you look at you look at Eureka, and it's like, yeah, like looks fucking dumb. No. <laughs> I used to I used to like Magical Hack. Magical Hack. Hack. Yeah. I looked this up though. This is actually I always liked Lord of the Pit. Well, yeah. But Magical Hack was like. Uh, which one? There's like 20 different versions of Magical Hack. Oh, Fourth edition, man. I stopped at Fallen Empires. Uh, just the guy studying at his desk? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Well, that's, that's the bygone era for me. You yeah. kids nowadays with your newfangled 1515s. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I love, I love like beta, revise, fourth edition, all, all that old Mirage. Mirage had some of the best art. I love mm. that old school art style because it felt like it came out of like an old school fantasy book, whereas these are like look like they're out of a video game or something like that. Well, that yeah, was, I mean, was like, some of the cool stuff with like um, what uh, Arabian Nights and yeah, Arabian Nights had awesome art. But my like like to top it all off, my my least favorite art in the entirety of Magic is the new Brainstorm art because it looks like it's something straight out of like a '90s like rail shooter. Uh, really? You, uh, I cannot. Okay. I thought cannot I thought you were gonna stand. go with the. Pro, I thought I thought you were gonna go with the promo uh, serum visions. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that was actually bad. bad. I don't mind that one. That I was, don't mind that one. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't Jerry. I actually saw. I actually saw someone. There was a set of altered serum visions where the only altar was in the bottom right hand corner. They just put the logo of various porn websites. <laughs> it's like brazzers. <laughs> yeah, it was like brazzers and you porn and like all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, no, wait, what, what were they? I got to write those down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's this thing called the internet, Adrian. You no longer have to I'm, pay the Yeah, board. I'm still getting magazines and brown paper bags. <laughs> there's a, there's a nun mind. standing behind you in line. <laughs> it blows my mind how people fucking, like, like legit download porn. Like, they have, like, hard drives full of porn. It's like, you can fucking stream as much as you want for free. Like, there's no... You can fuck. You want to stream horse porn? You can stream horse porn. Yeah, you don't want that shit staying around. <laughs> that could be used against you. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I recommend you increase your auto insurance because the people can stream that shit while driving. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
Just keep in mind where technology goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, goes right to my fucking phone, man. Yeah, I can't wait for the first case where there's a, a self-driving car and someone gets a, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? It's not sexual harassment. Get basically comes like a uh, a listed. Public, public indecency. Yeah, pub, yeah, public indecency for jerking it while driving. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm, I should shoot. All right. Uh, how first of all, first of all. <laughs> People jerk it while driving now without having on <laughs> So, so my my fucking uh, brother-in-law is an attorney, and somebody showed up at his office watching porn while driving his Escalade. That's a good accident waiting to happen. Oh man, that is a great client because that is a client who is going to need him a lot. Someone <laughs> who's living the fucking American dream, like. <laughs> Jesus uh, all right, Christ, so, people. Jesus so, Christ. The rest of this list, just real quick, the rest <laughs> of the top eight. So Eureka Tell in third, Grixis Delver in fourth, which I'm interested in looking at, Lands in fifth, oh. uh, and then Goblins in sixth, Goblins in seventh. Yeah, and that was awesome. <laughs> and then uh, finishing out uh, Teamer Delver in eighth. So, which is Bug Why Delver. Why would you be interested in looking at Grixis Delver? Just right, because shout out to Matt anyway. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> no, I'm just like, he's like, I'm interested to look at it. It looks like the Grixis Delver deck should be playing, man. So, yeah, I mean, well, it's just because, you know, that that deck leans so heavily on Dicker time, I'm interested to see. So they, they just completely took out, um, uh, they totally took out, uh, fucking, uh. It's, it's a functional common deck. I mean, like, the yeah. thing is, like, you're, I don't know, I, I was kind of interested to see, uh, Eureka tell. So, like, I was just kind of curious what the... Well, they took out Deathrite Shaman. He's gone. So it looks like they're not splashing for the fourth color anymore. There's yeah, two Grimmag Anglers. So it's much more of a uh, focused, just blue-black-red deck. Um, mm-hmm. Just no green splash, not really bothering with, with dealing with that. Yep. Running Cabal Therapy in the side, click in the side. I like this list. It's pretty cool. I mean, it almost seems like it's in a weird spot between uh, bug and rug, honestly. Yeah, it really. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, where it it looks like it wants to have it. I feel that's just because we're so used to seeing these four color Delbert decks. Yeah. That we just want to see it, and it's just not there. But definitely looks more streamlined for the meta. Yep. Yep. And it's got Grim Lava Mancer on the side. Man, I want to. I got Grim Lava Mancer on my main deck, man, and I just I just didn't like it. I want to know it's, where I. Notice it's only a one of. Yeah. It's, it's a card you board in against a Delver deck, and if you draw it, that's okay. But it's not anything you want like multiple copies of. Right. Like I have two in my main deck, and I think I just don't want that in there. You know. Oh my god. D- uh, uh, sorry, I Word. just had, I, I I had to go back to the shardless bug deck because I. Okay, just, you, let's talk bug. about it. This? I know you like I know you like shardless man. Shout out to Matt. Good job coming in fourth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking awesome, dude. Congratulations. That's killer. I love Shardless Bug, and I have never seen a Shardless Bug deck where anybody jammed a Scrubland in the sideboard and Meddling Mages. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. That is is, uh, spicy as hell. That is real spicy. (laughs) Cascade into a Meddling Mage. Yeah, that's pretty nice. What is he... Oh... Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I, I forget about... I, I know it's, like, the biggest part of this deck, hence the fucking name. I, I just forget about the... Char, the char, like, the, um... Charlotte's the fucking, Agent. Yeah, like, Charlotte's okay. Agent, like, that whole Cascade thing. So, Pat, let me, uh... Let me just bring 
I don't know, bring forth the topic from the back or bring whatever the fuck. Uh, that's another place to use stifle. Yeah. Yeah, you can stifle that. And they paid three, they basically got a hill giant. Three oh, mana God. for a 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> Which beats what they're about to cascade into. Yep. Yeah. Actually, it's not yes. even a hill giant. <laughs> Meddling Mage is, Meddling Mage is fucking baller, huh? Meddling Mage is really good and, and, the thing with Meddling Mage, and Aaron's been doing it, uh, which is awesome. He's main decking Meddling Mage. Yes, is if, he is. If you actually know the format, and if you actually, I mean, if you're, the thing is, is like, Meddling Mage is really fucking cute, right? <clears throat> and if you know typically what you're playing against, that's great. The interesting thing is like, if you start trying to play Meddling Mage and somebody's busting out fucking Eureka Tell, <laughs> you're gonna have no idea. What do you name it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so obviously, like, Metal Mage, like, what your name is going to change in the context of the matchup, but, like... It's one of those weird cards where Metal Mage is actually best when you lose game one. Because then you know exactly how you're going to lose the game, so you know yep. what you name with Metal Mage. Metal Mage's value goes down exponentially when you win game one before you ever really get a chance to see what they're playing. Right, like if yeah, like like when you vomit out your first hand playing show and tell. Yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> no, dude, I, I fucking love it. Dude. I know, right? As long as you don't do it against me. <laughs> so, so like for you know, for example, I know Aaron's main decking meddling mage. So if he starts playing against Enchantress, he can just say rest in peace, and like you can have the helm, but you're not gonna get the combo. Uh, that deck can still win without it, though, yeah, right? Yeah, because it yep. can still win with Sigil and the Empty Throne. That, I'm surprised you chose Enchantress, because that's actually really a hard right. deck to shut off with. When with I've, I've had Emrakul cast against me. Sure, sure. And, and you can Meddling Mage Emrakul. Yeah, but I mean, I almost feel like it's better... So, so that's also the other point, is like, when do you use Meddling Mage to name the win condition, and when do you use Meddling Mage to shut off the... Uh, the right, because... I would be tempted to name Enchantress against the Enchantress deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm just I'm just surprised to see it in Shardless Pug. No, I yeah. think that's very spicy. Definitely. I think it's spicy. really cool, man. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Also, going back out to the uh, the top eight a little bit, that if you notice, they're both listed as goblins, but they're actually very different decks. Okay. Um, one is the more traditional, you know, goblins deck that we're used to seeing back in the day, you know. Lackey, Matron, Pile Driver, yeah. yeah, Sharpshooter, Warchief, Mod yep. War Marshal. The other goblins deck is the newer Ooh. goblins, yeah. Magus oh. of the Moon. Yeah. Uh, Rabble Master, Goblin Settler. I was going to say Goblin Settler, I never even heard of that card. Yeah. Uh, Mod Catcher. So it, Mod Catcher is the real, like. Yeah, it's Goblin Stompy. Uh, Modcatcher's the real, uh, engine of the deck. So Modcatcher's two colors, red, red for a 2-2. Pay three and tap, search your library for a goblin card and put it into play. So, um, if you have, uh, one of the, uh, he's actually not running any of the haste enabling goblins, which I'm surprised at. But. He's got Kiki Jiki. Right, so Kiki Jiki is what you grab. So Kiki Jiki plus Goblin Settler equals destroy... It's a strip mine every turn. Because you just yep. make a copy of Goblin Settler. Goblin Settler says when it comes into play, destroy target land. Um, he also makes copies of Siege Gang Commanders to make a whole bunch of 1-1 Goblins. Um, you know, Tuck Tuck Scrapper makes... Um, uh, destroys uh, artifacts. He just has a lot of just like... 
good one-ofs to do to get value. And then he's running a one-of Chandra Pyromancer. I was going to ask about that. What do you think that's for? Uh, that's, that's for the bubble. That's for the bubble effects. Yeah. You get top card of your library, and you can cast that turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's, a strict card advantage, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, I, they can, I mean, they could also run the, um, uh, what is it, the outpost siege, siege, the Red Siege. Yeah, Outpost Siege has a similar effect. Yeah, I, I think it's also just there as a way to turn off Tarmogoyfs to swing in. But it also is running a, like a prison package, three Chalice of the Void, three yep. Trinisphere, and then counting the one of Magus of the Moon, they're running five Blood Moon effects main. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and shardless bugs still made it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Or Blood Moon in the in the, in the main Wow, he, he must have dodged him. I think I uh, I'm trying to figure out what the matchups would have been, but it might have been Grixis Delver against Goblins. I don't know. Matt, guy, Matt was in the top could've... eight. He'll have to let us know uh, who actually took out the Mod Catcher Goblins deck. <laughs> right. I mean, this guy could have gone turn one Blood Moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really could have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's running Ancient, Ancient Tomb and Simeon Spirit Guide. Yeah, and the Chromoxes. And the Chromoxes, yeah, he easily could have got some turn one Blood Moons. <laughs> I'm sure he did over the course of the day. Oh, he must have, right? Like, that's probably, like, his best turn one play. I guess Shardless Bug, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's like, hey, play play a $270 mountain. Play another $270 mountain. Well, also with the Trinisphere. Like, a turn one Trinisphere is backbreaking. Almost yeah. no deck can deal with a turn one Trinisphere. It's hard to cascade. <laughs> oh, man. Now, how would that interaction work, then? You would have to pay three to Ancestral Visions. You would pay three for Shardless Agent, cascade to Ancestral Visions, and try to pay another three to cast it. So unfair. Yeah. No, and Shardless Bug is actually pretty unfair. <laughs> Shardless Bug is so good. Uh, oh, and then if we look, if you look in the top 16... 10th, 11th, and 12th are all death and taxes. Yep. But if you look oh. at the, um, I believe it's Aaron Higgins' list. Yes, yep. Yeah, it's running green for what looks like Choke and... Ooh, yeah. Gattic and K-Grip. Yeah, he kind of boards into a uh, pseudo-Maverick-type deck. I feel like you'd suffer from... Uh, late game and basically the mirror match though with that because you're running a lot less basics. Mm-hmm. Like it's opening itself up to wasteland and I guess blood moon. Funny enough, <laughs> yeah. The mono white deck is weak to blood moon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shout out to Steve Hendrickson and Ninth with miracles. Oh yeah, look at that. And and you know what? While we're at it, uh, how about more people from the Facebook group too? Uh, get the party started. Round four pairings have been posted. Lawrence, Lawrence Harmon in 27th with Miracles. Yep. Good job, Lawrence. Nice work. Uh, also, That's shout out to uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Good, <laughs> good job. <laughs> you know, uniting the Arab people. It's pretty awesome that three of the people in our Facebook group made top 32 in an IQ. That's fucking pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, guys. Oh, and Adrian, did you see 32nd place? Show me Tinfin. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Is it? It's yeah. Tinfins. <laughs> Where? What, what number? 30 second. 32nd. 32nd. All right, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> this is my first time actually looking at a Tinfins list, actually. Yeah, Brennan Murphy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so dirty. <laughs> oh, I need a shower. Limduel's Vault, too. 
Nice. Uh, oh, was Goro's Vengeance still... Ridiculously priced, yes. Yeah. Oh. It's, uh, <laughs> it's going for about $35 on SCG. Yep. Yeah. Um, so moderately played, 26 That's not bad. Oh, the deck is so much fun. God. And you can get a much, you can get a much cheaper. <laughs> SCG is certainly not the uh, the bottom line. No, they're not. They just make it super convenient. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Have you guys been seeing uh, Black Vice uh, prices have been ticking up as well? Uh, they have been, yeah, slowly. Yeah, three hundred. Mostly the alpha, mostly the beta ones though. Like it seems like those those see on the biggest. Yeah, just because I mean, legacy right. players are you know, legacy but, players love their black border. Yeah, I was all actually right. talking to Ryan on Facebook earlier today because I wanted to pick up beta uh, stasis, and I'm like, oh, I'll get it. It's probably like a five or ten dollar card, and I look on TCG Player, and it's like ninety two dollars. I'm like, what fuck. is? Oh, beta stasis. Beta stasis. It's the only oh, black yeah. border version of the card, and it's so expensive. I get you a fucking sharpie. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like the revised one is like thirty six cents. Beta ninety six dollars. What about you, Andrew? Would you would you be sharpieing up some cards? You know, oh, I've only here. done it to one of my cards, and I did it to a strip mine, just because I didn't want to. I was too cheap to buy a black bordered strip mine, and uh, finally I just caved and bought a set of them because it was so hideous. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love white border cards, man. It's great. I fucking love him. Uh, you're like you're like my buddy Dan Hall, who he oh shit yeah <laughs> uh, he, he white bordered his entire twelve post list everything but the candelabras yeah he he, <laughs> he left the candelabras but he white bordered everything else like took a uh, tops yeah took an eraser to the border and just white bordered the entire thing how long must that have taken probably oh, a long a- time. It was a while, but it was funky when you start watching. All of a sudden, you see a white bordered Sensei's dividing top. <laughs> yeah, you're like, "What's that? Is that?" <laughs> oh man! So what's up, Andrew? How's it going? I was going well, man. Just uh, submitted the the our first podcast episode for nice. review tomorrow. So I, I'm I'm assuming it might um post tomorrow. So I'm pretty stoked. Even post that. tonight. Hell yeah, yeah man. Hell what, yeah. So Team Tusk from Atlanta. What what do you guys call on the cast? A tusk talk. Tusk hey, talk. Hold, can, all right, can, can we pause for one second? Yeah. What's what's the tusk thing? I've been meaning to ask you guys. What's tusk? What's 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 the deal with that? What's with the name? <laughs> what's up with that? What's, what's, what's up with that? that? <laughs> we should have a segment. What's up with that? Where I just ask stupid. <laughs> before I get You're started, hope that. Before I get started on us, let me just say congrats on the one year, guys. Oh, thanks, thanks man. man. I appreciate it. I'm glad to have you back on. Um, okay, so the tusk thing is we only play a decks that have drag tusk in it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, this no. is like my quinceanera, I think, because I think I've been on here for like 15 or so. <laughs> no, when Thrag Touch came out, I was on the way to, up to play in our weekly legacy. So was uh, our friend Sean, who's also on the cast. And we just said, dude, I'm playing Thrag Touch tonight in legacy. And he said, I am too, man. So like the whole night, we just kept saying, Team Tusk, Team Tusk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just kind of stuck, and so we kept saying it, and we decided we might as well assemble, so we just got everyone around our local community that we can tolerate, and we all got t-shirts, and that's basically <laughs> Andrew, can you, can you elaborate a little bit on the format of your podcast, and maybe where people can find you when they're interested in, in looking you guys up, because I'm sure it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't have um, high expectations or anything, but we're going to be on MTG Cast, hopefully tomorrow, called Tusk Talk, and oh, then uh, every day... Oh wait, is it Eternal Central? Yeah, I think it's Eternal Central um, has is going to host us as well. So we'll be in like two locations. If you want to check it out, the format is just all Eternal Magic. So if you're into Legacy, Vintage, Old School Magic, 
one, even 1v1 French commander, we'll talk a little bit about oh, everything. So, yeah, yeah. What about 94, 95 league? Yeah, 93, 94, actually. But, yeah, we, we talked right. just because all of us are pretty stoked on it. That's awesome. So uh, is it going to be, like, do you guys have, like, time limits set for it or – I don't know. We're just really just winging it. I mean, we we listen to podcasts and you know we like we like to contribute to the community as much as we take from it. So yeah. we're just we're you know we're, we're starting with a podcast. I think it's about an hour and a half long. And yep. mainly mainly it's Sean talking. This guy um, Sean O'Brien. He's been playing for a long time. Um, he's probably most knowledgeable of the game. So uh, we're, he he's talking. We're just kind of backing him up, and uh, it's cool to just kind of pick his brain because. He knows so much and like has been has seen that like the game evolve and evolve and evolve. So I don't know. We're not really going forward with any sort of plan of attack. We're just hey, let's start a podcast. So that's kind of what we did, and I think we'll probably cast again after this coming up weekend. We have a Star City in Atlanta, so we'll probably cast again after that. Nice. Is it going to be like um, you plan on having like a regular release, or is it just going to be like when you have something to talk about, or? Uh, yeah, more more so when we have something to talk about because unlike the Northeast, there's not quite as much legacy or eternal magic down here, so mm-hmm. we don't have that much to talk about. So why would we want to cast when we're just going to be boring people, you know? Sure. So, what are you yeah. talking about? You guys, you guys like host streams twice a week, right? Well, we were, but it, it kind of died a little bit because we just got a little lazy to carry the gear around, and like nobody uh. wants to help with it either. So it, we can't even leave it at a store. So basically, we're just having to put it in trunks of cars and then. Assemble all the pieces. Like we need a fast uh, tethering connection from someone's cell phone because the store internet sucks. And then we need a computer that can that's set up for it and can handle it. And then we need the gear. So basically, we need all the pieces to fall into place in order to in order to stream. So yeah, that seems like a lot of setup. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I don't know if we're, I mean we're gonna try and do it regular. I'm I'm shooting for bi-monthly. I think that would be reasonable because yeah. Definitely kudos to you for editing because editing takes plenty of time. You bet your ass it does. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it, man. I'm fucking stoked. I I can't get enough of Legacy. Like, I I love hearing other podcasts. It's great to hear other people talk about the format. And and the more out there, the better, man. There's nothing better than growing the community, so... Cool. Oh, yeah, and these these guys are excited about it. I mean, you guys are streaming twice a week. Obviously, a labor of love. It's really fucking... It's really too bad you can't get a store to just... Uh, like support it. It's free advertising to them anyway. Right. Like it, it, you had guys coming out of the woodwork to come up to their store and play. Yeah, we're talking to one shop about them just making the initial investment in the gear. That way, anybody can just bring a computer with their setup and just stream. But uh, yeah. so they're they're considering it right now. But it's hard to ask more of a gaming store already than just having a place to play for free. You got to show yeah. them, you got to show them numbers. So if they see like, oh, we have like a couple hundred people watching the stream every month and you know, the x number of downloads every month, they're all plugging it, you know, the higher those numbers, the more likely they are to jump in on that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Definitely. Um I was actually talking to someone today about how we were wondering if more people are going to get into legacy now that standard is just about as expensive as a legacy as a uh, legacy <laughs> deck. <laughs> it's like people were all griping. It's like, oh man, looks like I'm going to go play eternal format since my standard deck costs eight hundred dollars. Well, like, yeah, I, come on down, come on down, I, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, beyond Jace, like in, in reality, standard is pretty fucking cheap right now. But Jace is Jace is obscene. Jace is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have you guys been keeping up with the diversity of the like the big tournament results? There's a, there's a lot of different decks in the top eight right now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I quickly looked, but I don't I don't really get too much into it. I I don't play any standard now, so 
I don't put too much of my I it, I have oh, a very I'm limited amount of brain power to <laughs> I have so I only have so much brain power to dedicate to legacy or to magic in general, so it just all goes to legacy. I'm talking about legacy top eights, not standard. Oh oh yeah. Oh no, we were actually just talking about the uh what was it, Indianapolis this this oh, past yeah. weekend? Oh yeah. Charles Bug awesome. took first. That's fucking awesome. Charles <laughs> Bug. Uh a couple copies of Goblins. Um Eureka Tell, which was very yeah. interesting. Have you seen that, Andrew? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean I guess Eureka had a long time coming of of that uh, price spike or whatever, but yeah, uh, it's one of the few cars that the price spiked way before it put up results. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, whatever. I'm not a fan of decks that just cash one card and derp and win the game or whatever. But whatever. I think I can beat that deck. Like it, it's kind of light on counter spells. I think it plays four four forces and like maybe some spell pierce or whatever, and then it plays the uh, Basaju land to make it uncounterable. I love so, that. I was thinking that land comes in and play tap, so as long as you saved your wastelands for that, you can waste it and just beat them in the counter war. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, it's got four force of will two days. Uh that's it for that's it for uh for protection, so Yeah, yeah, it seems fine. Now did anyone see if there are any copies of Black Vice in these results? No, I think it was still a little bit too soon for people to put up uh deck lists. I'm sure some people ran it this weekend. I just don't know anyone had a well tuned enough deck. Yeah. Um, but once again, I want to shout out uh, Ryan as part of the Facebook group because I was talking to him, and he's putting together Mono Blue Stasis with Black Vice. And <laughs> that thing is dirty. Like, I was at work, and I was, like, I was like ready to jump out on my seat, and all my coworkers were like, what are, you, what are you doing over there? I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand how awesome this is. <laughs> yeah, Stasis is probably going to be the best home for Black Vice. I think maybe Blue Red with Rao Zarek would be like, pretty... Pretty sweet deck. Yeah, because I mean that's what it was back in the day when I was when we played like Type One Point Five or Vintage. Like I was playing Stasis with Black Vice as a win condition, and it was just so good back in the day. And I'm shocked I like totally forgot about it until I Ryan pointed it out to me. Um, but yeah, that you know just Stasis they don't get to cast anything because they don't have any mana, and then you, the entire deck is based around just waiting for them to. Die to Chronotog. It's the most annoying win condition in the world. <laughs> I say I say a stasis lock is more oppressive than counter uh, counterbalance and Sensei's top. Oh yeah, at least counterbalance gives you the vague hope of resolving a spell. <laughs> stasis is just like, nope, you don't get shit. <laughs> well, I mean, and there are cards that will be able to stop that if it doesn't get going. Because you can abrupt decay or K grip uh, counterbalance, but you can't do that if you're already under a stasis lock. Yep. But you can tin fence out of a stasis lock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could actually. Yes, you could. <laughs> Lotus Battle Box Deck Ritual. Jesus. Lotus Battle Deck Ritual. Well, actually, maybe not. It, it makes it harder because he, he's running that card that uh, permanents come into play tapped, so you don't get to swing in with the Grizzle Brand. Oh, Kismet? Uh, is it Kismet? He's running a different one. Oh, okay. Wait, Dora makes your lands come into play tapped. No, he's running... Oh, oh, the green one. There was a green one that did no, it. No, it's like a Aether Flux or Aether Flues. It's like three colorless, three colorless and a blue permanence come into play tapped for okay. enchantment. Oh. Hey, did you guys hear about that Merfolk deck from the Atlanta Star City Top 8? No, what happened? Oh, well, that's because I haven't gotten there yet. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> are, are you bringing Merfolk? Yeah, man, I've been playing the deck for a while. I usually like wonky combo decks like uh, Food Chain and Eluren, so I finally decided to play something that 
is more competitive. So I'm going to see, like, can I pilot a deck that's actually, like, a, you know, tier one, tier two deck and do well at the tournament? So we'll see. How many black vices are you running? Uh, zero. You're going to want to run four to eight. <laughs> four, yeah. to eight. four to eight black vices. <laughs> uh, that's pretty awesome, though. Good luck with that, man. I hope you do well. I appreciate that. <laughs> man, I'm, no, I'm just I'm, I'm just scrolling through the fucking cards from Battle for Zendikar. Yeah. And, like, Gideon's 45. What? <laughs> yeah, but those prices can't hold. Yeah. No, they can't. <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking at like I'm like, wow, Gideon's 45, then I get to the expedition lands. I'm actually sitting on a box of uh packs. So Newberry Comics. Did you hear that, Andrew? Andrew, did you hear fucking Jerry's deal? And and there I am, I'm fucking closing on a house instead. Yeah, uh, scrub. What a scrub. That's insane. They had to they have to have lost money on buying those. Yeah, packs. no, there are. They, like we were I was talking to them, they're like, Yeah, we don't get it. Like corporate's losing money on these. <laughs> but, yeah, getting packs at $2 a pack, I got a bunch of them. My friend, we basically hit every Newberry Comics within a 50-mile radius because they were limiting it, limiting it 20 to person, so we were just hitting all of them. That's and, so awesome. Yeah, so I think we got, like, between us probably two or three boxes, and some of them are, have already been opened. My my buddy Mike actually opened up an Expedition Flooded Strand out of his. So it, Which he is donating to the cast to get it up. <laughs> yeah, I was with him when he posted that on the Facebook group, Kerman, and we just had a good chuckle at that. <laughs> Kerman's like, I'm like, oh, look what Mike opened, uh, Expedition Flooded Strands, and without a beat, Kerman just responds, well, I want you to thank Mike for donating that as a giveaway to the cast. <laughs> what about the revised pack? Yeah, the revised pack is still out there. We're waiting. We need, we need to get more commons in, people. Donate your commons. We still have a revised pack. It's really kind of sad. I'm looking at that Arid Mesa expedition. I'm like, 120 is not a bad price for that. I know, right? But, yeah, so you can still crack expeditions out of these. People were worried about that, but for some reason, Wizards wasn't, I don't know, that, what weird... They thought it was just pre-release. What weird shenanigans would have happened that would prevent Newberry Comics packs not to have expeditions? But they do. <laughs> we confirmed it. <laughs> they um, must be sold out of them by now, though, right? Well, no, so I keep calling them, so... Newberry Comics keeps getting more? Yeah, they, they're getting another shipment in tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Uh, so they got another shipment in yesterday, but I called them as I was getting out of work, and they're like, yeah, but our shipment's delayed. It's not going to be here for another hour and a half. And I wasn't going to, like, drive an hour home to sit at home for a couple of minutes then drive back to Newberry Comics, which is, you know, 40 minutes away from my house. So you go get dinner at the Brazilian Steakhouse? Yeah, but I had yes. to. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. I believe me, I tried. So I'm gonna try and hit it up tomorrow after work. And uh, now, which one there. are you gonna be heading to? Uh, uh, so the Nashua, New Hampshire one is on my way home from work. So I try and hit that one. And I'm hoping they're not sold out by the time I get there after work. Uh, I should try to run up to Shrewsbury then. Yeah, the, definitely call them. The, the employees, if nothing else, the employees at Newbury Comics are super helpful. They're giving me like delivery schedules and. How many they're expected to get, and all this other stuff. <laughs> and how many guards are on the truck? <laughs> yeah, how many, guards, how many guards are on the truck? <laughs> two. <laughs> so why are uh, they selling them for two bucks? Like some crazy promotion. I guess they're just trying to promote their like gaming side of things. I think the executives at Newberry Comics, you know, they've successfully done music. They've successfully done comic books. Now they're trying to, you know, branch out into other like geekdom. All right. Um, but I was also able to get a fat pack from them from MSRB, which, looking at 
or MSRP, <laughs> which looking at the Twitterverse and everyone complaining is apparently a very difficult thing to do. So, did you open it yet? No, I still have it. I haven't opened any Battle for Zendikar. I have so many packs, and I, I'm the type of person that... Are I, you just afraid to open them? No, I'm the type of person that, like, I can't... I can, no, Kermit! <laughs> <laughs> no! Bad boy! <laughs> he'll, um, donate, he'll donate revised boosters before he'll donate Battle for Zendikar. Flip it a ribbit. Oh, man. No, I just, I'm the type of person that, like, I can't just crack packs for value, unless it's Modern Masters, because, you know, I'll do Modern Masters, but for regular booster packs, I can't just pack, crack packs. I need to, like, oh, draft no. them, or at, like, the very least, at least play, like, Kamikaze with them. Like, no, I love to shit. crack packs. I'll crack them all for you, Jerry. Send them <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I got the sleeves for you, bro. Why don't you guys just come over and we can draft it? I have so many packs. Oh, I like that. I would yeah. draft. I'd be down. I get to keep my packs, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, opening them is more than enough for me. Yeah, you have to you have to leave a pound of flesh behind, Pat. Oh, I got plenty to spare, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm hoping hoping I get some some lucky pulls. Ooh, ooh, I think yeah. I know Evan busted that. Um, I think it was a Scalding Tarn expedition on the pre-release. Nice. Oh man, I want that. Of all the expeditions, that's the one I want the most. Yeah. Did he flip? Did he flip it immediately, or? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I was I, we weren't sitting quite next to each other, but he busted it and stood up, and the whole store looked at him and everything. But uh, he flipped it immediately. I think he got Good. 350 yeah. out of it, and he's just turning it into a candelabra. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, honestly, I would like, do that in a heartbeat. Actually, I know someone in my local shop actually opened one up too, and the funny story behind it is they were planning to flip it or rip it with the pack. Oh, oh God. God. But they didn't rip it. No, no. <laughs> he was like, he was like, and to think, I almost played flip it or rip it with this. Yeah, I think of all of them, the scalding tarn is the only one I would actually consider keeping, just because I I actually want that for my decks. Um, but all the other ones, I definitely would recommend people just sell it immediately because more or donate to leaving a legacy or donate to leaving a legacy <laughs> <laughs> because more and so, more of those are reopening and I've noticed the prices have been going down on them. Like yeah, so, so the scalding scalding tarn was originally five hundred dollars, and I actually just pulled up the eBay listing on it now, and it's two thirty or best offer on eBay. So it's lost about half of its value already. Yeah, so good on Evan for, for flipping that real quick into yeah. a candelabra, which that candelabra is going to hold its value. Yep, definitely. Yep. I think the expeditions will, will likely go up um, over time. Um, I mean, they are, they are. I don't know if you got to really check it out, Andrew, but they, I mean, they're really, really nice. They're beautiful. It's beautiful art. But um, there's so much being, there's, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, they're going to be super rare, but they're slightly more common than a foil mythic. And I know people who have lots of foil mythics playsets, so it's not like they're that fucking rare, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not nowhere. They're nowhere near as rare as people originally thought they were going to be, or at least made them out to be. Right. Um, and it's. I'm really interested to actually see what the non-shock and non-fetch duels, you know, those the regular battle for Zendikar duels. Yeah. I, I think they're not going to be worth anything by the time the set rotates. Yeah, they're, they're probably not, like 10 yeah, but even for EDH players to pick up, too, though. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be good for EDH. I didn't really think about that. EDH players will probably love them. But um, really, though, like... They're not I mean, they're, multi-hundred dollars. Isn't, right. isn't, aren't the Shocklands just better in EDH? Yeah, but you just want to run more. Like, you run every dual land you can. More dual land. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Oh, uh, Yeah. I mean, even if it's just a fetchable guild gate, it's definitely a huge upside in the multicolor decks. A fetchable yeah. 
Oh, well, I mean, if you don't play the basics, like a, five, yeah. a lot of five-color decks don't even run any basics, so yeah. being able to just have a fetchable land with like a Scalding Tarn into a Watery Rave is more than enough. Yeah, even just like fetching a, a tap land is fine. They don't mind that it comes in a play tap. They're just fetching out mana fixing, and that's good yeah. enough for them. Yep. Um, what, what was I going to say? Was it uh, Andrew? Was it you or Evan who posted on the group? We were there was a discussion going on about the expeditions. And it was either you or Evan who said, uh, if you're not running, if you're running white border, if you're running white border duels, foil fetches are just rims on a beater. (laughs) (laughs) Evan, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was just like summed it up perfectly. I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, it's true though. It's true. Fucking foils are the worst anyway, so. No No offense, Jerry, but foils are just the fucking worst. Uh, believe me, I know. I, I I hate myself. I hate myself, but I still buy them. <laughs> I'm like a magpie. I just see the shine, and I need to have it. <laughs> so he's only foiling out the format he doesn't play. <laughs> no, I'm also foiling out Sneak and Show. Sneak and oh, Show oh. is like... Oh, yeah, that's right. You were getting those a while ago, yeah. Yeah, Sneak and Show is like 60% foil. Okay, I was just... Now <laughs> you're planning to get foreign black border duels to go with that? Yeah, I just got to get some foreign black border volcanics to go with that. Otherwise, that's not too much. I won't, I won't be able to look Evan in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I hate foil so much, I saved up and bought a set of Imperial Recruiters, and I think I, I, I spent like a couple hundred bucks more to get non-foil. Yeah. <laughs> It's just one of those things where it's like, as a legacy player, it's such a first world problem, so I bet a bunch of listeners are going to hate me for this. But I'm speaking truth, people. I'm speaking truth. Eventually you just get to this point where you have the cards for your deck, and you know you still spend that same amount of money you do anyways, but now you just need to find different like holes to pour your money into. <laughs> well, do you play like, do you play bad foils like from the vault, or like things like that with bad foiling processes? So, I actually, in the Sneak and Show uh, deck, I actually purposely tried to get all promos. Ugh. So, I don't have any actual foils. They're all promos. So, it's like the GP Grizzle Brands and the, the pre-release Emmercools and the From the Vault Ancient Tombs. So, I'm like, I'm one of those people who like almost gets foils ironically. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what, I'm just trying to get some dual wins. I'm, I'm a hipster foiler. <laughs> well, it also, helps that, that, it also helps that those foils are usually much cheaper because they do look worse. <laughs> I don't think they look bad, but the idea that they come out of the package already in the shape of a U isn't very helpful. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. The earlier from the vaults were actually not that bad with it. They had a much okay. better foiling process. The newer ones look pretty cool. Like, I got it from the Vault Angels, and that looks pretty nice. Yeah, well, that was the thing, is, like, I was really worried, because I thought the Expeditions were going to have the from the Vault foiling process, and those are just really bad. I mean, it'd almost be good, though, because then you'd be able to find the packs. Yeah. <laughs> the pack would be curling in half. <laughs> like, oh, this one has an Expedition in it. <laughs> have you guys ever seen anybody in a store somewhere uh, weighing each pack to see which one they want to buy? Uh, I heard people talking about that. That like it's more in Yu-Gi-Oh from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. The foil weighs a little bit more. So if someone put it as like, yeah, if you can buy a cocaine scale without raising suspicion, you can then <laughs> raise uh, weigh packs to find out which ones have the foil in them. I saw a guy in a Walmart one time, and he was doing that for Yu-Gi-Oh packs. And he looks up at me, and I just kind of look at him like, "What you doing there, man?" And, uh, and then he, <laughs> I said to him. 
Nah, your secret's safe with me, man. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that you're a full-grown man playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Dude, we were talking about... I was talking to a store owner over the weekend about some Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments, and it definitely draws a little bit of a different crowd than Magic. And that uh, the store owner... Or not, not the store owner, but the store employee was telling me that um, he's seen a guy distract his opponent before the game started and pick up, like, a couple cards at the top of his deck and chuck them across the room and then <laughs> tell the deck presenting an illegal deck. Get the fuck out. Uh, I would, like, people joke about that in Magic. So not only is it a card game, but you got an element of dexterity in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, the chaos over Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I actually, I actually saw for the first time this weekend. There was a couple of uh, teenagers came in during the legacy tournament. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they started to play that Force of Will game. That's gotten kind of kind of popular. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't buy. I'm not going to buy into it because I. I mean, I'd buy it if I thought there were foil Force Wills in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Kerman, wrong. No force <laughs> <laughs> you play uh, death and taxes, Kerman. Come on. Yeah, but I just thought it was interesting gameplay. So I have no idea if this is accurate or not because this is just based off my own speculations about watching them play and being a gamer and uh, understanding how, or at least thinking I understand how game theory works, but. They the their decks are separate, so they have their deck, but then all the like basically the lands, the mana, the resources are in a separate deck. Mm-hmm. So they almost like draw one of each each deck each turn. It, it's like Hearthstone, right? Like where your resources increase predictably each turn. Right. Exactly. There's, so there's less variance in the in the game. And from what I'm told, it's kind of like Commander, where you have some sort of boss in your deck. Yeah, that's the other thing, is it's all battle cruisers. So instead of having multiple creatures, you just have one, and you have to either tap your boss in order to put a land into play, or you can use your boss to attack. So they were saying it's a tempo decision whether to keep building your mana or to start swinging in for damage. Uh, that's I don't about, like it. That's about all I gathered before my round was called. <laughs> all right, cool, because, yeah, I don't think we're a Force of Will cast, right? <laughs> you don't know <laughs> what the future, kind of force of will. you don't know what the future could hold? Well, Legacy's all about the past. Oh, touche. Ah, oh, golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. That was about as deep as a kiddie pool, man. <laughs> <laughs> and with that note, I think I gotta head out, guys, unfortunately. <laughs> Tournament standings have been posted. All right, All right Mr. Kerman. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, fucking hit up sometime. I got to get some fucking Brazilian steakhouse again. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if you come down on a non-Saturday, we'll hit Paul Max. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kerman, anyone you want to uh, shout out or any messages you want to give? Anybody you want to scoop into top eight? <laughs> 52 Ooh, weeks later, we're still shouting people out. I was just saying it in general. <laughs> you hush. I mean, I guess I'll take the cop out, scooping the top eight, and scoop you guys in. So thank you for having me on. You're a boss. Of course. I do try. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with all your studies, or whatever you kids are calling it these days. All right, well, thank you. <laughs> See you, man. Good talking to you. Yeah. Later, son. So... I wanted to get into something a little bit here. Uh, Andrew, you might be aware we started doing a what the hell should I play type segment yeah. at, at the suggestion of Jerry and Pat. And so I wanted to read this email. And uh, so this is from uh, – I got 
an email from uh, Stark. Sure. And uh, it says, hey, guys, I just recently started listening to your podcast. I'm glad I did when I did because the, uh, my first episode just so happened to be the first one where you started your deck tech series on what the hell do I play. I'm so new to Legacy. I'm not even actually inside the room with all the Legacy players yet. I'm standing outside with my face on the glass, looking in, making weird faces, and making everyone <laughs> who can see me feel uncomfortable. But I'm very interested in the format and would like to try to blaze my own path through it. I know it's going to be a very long and difficult journey, considering I'm barely good enough for standard, but life is all about trying new things. Uh, the real reason why I'm emailing you is to make a small request. I know you guys said you have a list of... What uh, a list, and we'll eventually get to each big deal legacy deck. But there's one in particular I'm very interested in: elves. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about it, because while I love listening to you guys details, decks, and take notes on how each one plays and which one sounds interesting, the one that really interests me is elves. And uh, I just wanted to. See if we discuss it while Andrew's on the cast with us. Yeah, sounds good. I'm into into it because I've gotten wrecked by elves before because it's, for me, one of the toughest things was knowing um, which elves are important. And that is very, that's very contextual as far as like the matchup, as far as what you're playing, what stage of the game it is. So I think this is a great one to go into. So I popped this little link up in the chat. So this is a deck that took first place at a Premier IQ by Matt Hoey. Awesome. Also, real quick, uh, Pat, did you send uh, Adrian, uh, and I guess we can also pop it over to Andrew, too, the uh, the list? Pat actually took the time to actually write down the questions, because sometimes we forget questions until later. Yeah, I will uh, I'll put it in the chat. I'll just copy and paste it in the chat for now. Okay, sweet. That way everyone can see it. What questions? Oh, like questions... Yeah, just like not not so much talk, not not so much questions. But oh, just like, <laughs> not so much questions, but just like co- topics that we want to make sure we cover. So, <laughs> so, so I really just kind of free float as shit. Me and Jerry kind of been free floating, and then Pat shows up and brings format. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the format myself, just because I like to remember to have like some form of consistency, just so that we do sure, all, all the deck sure. justice. Yeah, just giving credit to Pat for being organized. Doesn't sa- it doesn't sound like credit the way you say it, man. <laughs> it's just intimidating. <laughs> okay. All right. You, uh, so right, right off so, the bat. So I'll tell you, just as a quick aside, one of the reasons why I try to be a little bit more organized is because you guys have such a bigger knowledge pool than I do that, like, I get a little bit lost. Um I have a cesspool. Yeah, Adrian, Adrian, I thought when we hired Pat, you told me he was going to be the secretary. You never said anything about him being on the cast. I am a notary public, Adrian, so any house shit you need to get notarized, you send it my way, buddy. All right. Sure. I was, I'm just kidding. I'm not really a notary public. Oh, that's right. I am. I was just kidding. I really wasn't going to hire you. Uh, All right, so we're talking about... We're elves. talking about elves. All Boom. Right. First question, check. Name of deck. Elves. <laughs> well, I, Andrew, any comments on the name of the deck? Yay or nay? <laughs> I, I've, heard, I've heard some Euros refer to as, as elves. Elves. <laughs> I like that. We're going to go with elves. The right. name has been changed to elves. Deal, deal. That, actually, I, that actually brings up a little, I don't know, maybe anecdote. I was talking to... so. 
uh, one of the local fucking, I, I would say renowned elves players in this area is a kid named, uh, Nick Malatesta. And you can see it, like he's, he's top aided with elves fucking, uh, a times. Yeah. Uh, and I asked him one time, cause he and this list both, ne- neither one of them actually has Priest of Titania in it. And I asked him once, I'm like, how come you don't play Priest? He said, cause I'm an elves player, I'm not an elves player. <laughs> and I, I didn't really, so anyway, so yeah. if they call it elves over there, maybe that's why. Yep. Well, I think it's because there's more tabernacles over there, and Priest of Titania is the ultimate counter to tabernacle. Oh, that never dawned on me. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so other than that, as far as famous players go, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe LSV was the original like creator of elves as we know it. Like, You're yeah. wrong. I'm wrong? No. No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I, think actually, I think you're actually right, Jerry. Yeah, it was it was some GP. I think it started off as an extended deck, and uh, it was an extended in like Spain, some European GP, and he put together elves, and he was the first one to really bring like elves had always been a deck back in the old school. It was like one of the original decks, like Merfolk, goblins, elves, uh, zombies, and soldiers were like the five decks since the beginning of time. Like each color had its own race, and those were the races. But LSV was the first one to put glimpse of nature into the deck and show everyone what the hell it can actually do, <laughs> and just explode on people. Um, so, you know that that was kind of just the revelation. That's what really pushed elves into being out, you know, the tier one legacy deck that it is. I know for a while I was watching Ross Marion play Elves in Legacy as well, but I think he's moved off of that now. But yeah, well, for a while he said that in the Treasure Cruise Dig Through time, er, he just couldn't play Elves because everyone was yep. packing all this hate for one drops, uh, and he just he just couldn't keep up, and it wasn't it wasn't working. So I'm actually interested to see if Elves makes a pretty big comeback now that uh, all forms of Delve have been removed from the meta. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Andrew, do you have any uh, experience with the deck? Uh, I know how to play against it, but I don't play it myself, so I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any means. Okay, nice. Um, so, as far as, like, kind of, how do you know when you sit down against an opponent, about how long does it take for you to realize you're playing against elves, and what are kind of your key hallmarks as far as what tells you that it's an elf deck? Well, I mean, obviously, if they just go first turn, forest, elf, I'll probably... <laughs> Fair point. Way to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> How about a less obvious play? <laughs> Bayou Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, I mean, the deck can go Bayou Deathrite Shaman, which is not an obvious indication that it's elves, because it could be a bug deck, and they could be trying to fool you. So I say generally, if they don't go Forest Elf, then you then it takes two turns max to know that they're on elves. Right, because, yeah, there's a lot of plays they'll make that other players will faint as well. So Bayou Deathrite Shaman, I know bug players will do that all the time to try and trick their opponents into thinking they're elves. And then Elvis players, strangely enough, will play that make the same play to make their opponent think that they're on Bug Delver. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a, a weird how that works out. And then also if they go like Forest Green Sun Zenith into Dryad Arbor, yeah. um, might be Elves, but could also be Maverick, could also be Agro Loam. There's a like there's a couple decks that that fits under. Yeah, but it also depends on if they if they lay a fetch, like say if they lay a Windswept Heath or Wooded Foothills, like this guy in the list you sent me. Uh, and then play Death Right. I put them on Elves right away off of his just yeah. fetch alone because other decks aren't going to play those fetch lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless it's Enchantress. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they won't drop a Death Right. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. So does someone want to kind of break down what elves' general game plan is? So uh, I haven't. Much elves? <laughs> <laughs> I More haven't played, I actually haven't played elves since they printed Reclamation Sage. Uh, no, actually, I did a little bit. Yeah, I did a little bit before I sold the collection. But the, uh, it's, yeah, uh, you try to ramp out a bunch of elves and then usually land a crater hoof and attack for a silly amount. Which, uh, Pat, the crater hoof landing on the field is another good target for Stifle. Yes, yeah, it is. that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I was actually just looking at that card and I thought, oh, I could probably, uh, Stifle. Yep. That. Yep, you can stifle that, and then you just have to deal with 30 elves next turn. <laughs> well, because I, I, one thing I have seen is, like, um, them using Wirewood Symbiote to bounce Elvish Visionary when they have Gaia's Cradle in play. So they're, they're able to make, like, a lot of mana and just keep bouncing uh, creatures um, back yeah. to their hand and playing playing Elvish Visionary for the card draw. Right, so that's what I was going to go into. So I feel this deck is not the best deck for a beginner because it's a very, very complicated deck. Mm-hmm. There's actually like three or four different engines within the deck that make the deck run. Um, Let's talk about those engines then, because Glimpse of Nature is one, right? Right, that's the most upfront, that's the easy one. Glimpse of Nature is whenever you play a creature spell, draw a card. So right. the deck makes a bunch of mana and keeps casting elves until it has all the elves in play, and then using the extra mana, it casts Craterhoof Behemoth, which gives pumps all their elves and gives them trample. So the elves that have been in play since the previous turn, because it usually takes a couple turns to set up, all are huge and have haste and swing in and kill you. So that's kind of the biggest, most obvious uh, example. Uh, the second kind of win on the spot is they also run Natural Order. So it's just kind of a quicker way than Glimpse of Naturing, because they can just have a couple elves on the board, make four mana with a Gaia's Cradle, Natural order, one of the elves or a dryad arbor out for a crater of behemoth, and then swing in for 20. And that's usually enough on its own. So, that's kind of just scratching the, the surface, because there's some really, really cool combos, uh, that can be used with Quirion Ranger, and also, uh, with Wirewood Symbiote. So Quarian Ranger is a single green for a, for an elf, a 1-1. One, one. Uh, it just reads return uh, force you control to its owner's hand, untap target creature, use this ability only once each turn. And then uh, Quarian Ranger, uh, sorry, what was the other one? Uh, Wirewood yeah. Symbiote. Yeah, the Wirewood Symbiote is the uh, uh, single green for a creature insect, a 1-1. One, one. Return an elf you control to its owner's hand, untap target creature, play this ability only once each turn. Right. So Wirewood Symbiote is actually... So you were mentioning before, Pat, when you're thinking about what to target in the Elves mm-hmm. deck as far as what to kill first, the funny yep. enough answer is not an Elf, but Wirewood Symbiote is enemy number one. Yep. Um, mostly because you have to kill it before even trying to kill any other Elf because Wirewood Symbiote protects Elves. Yep. It can just bounce an elf in response to any sort of removal spell, and it just protects it almost in the same way that Mother of Ruins acts in Death and Taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so have to kill the Wirewood Symbiote first. And it combos really well because just the Elvish Visionary combo of just bouncing Elvish Visionary over and over again and drawing multiple cards can get elves out of the ditch. You know, I've had an elf player down to two lands, a query, uh, Elvish Visionary and a Wirewood Symbiote, and then just win the game from there because it's such a brutal engine. Yeah. Um, so 
then Quarian Ranger also is an amazing combo piece because Quarian Ranger plus Deathrite Shaman effectively doubles all your Deathrite Shamans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was playing Bug Delver that the matchup was absolutely terrible for Bug Delver because your Deathrite Shamans could never win. They just always had more Deathrite Shaman and Deathrite Shaman effects than you did because they were just untapping them left and right. Um, anyone else have any uh, experience against the deck? Yeah, I mean, you 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 drew a pretty good point already. Is kill the Wirewood symbiote? It's the it's the only non elf in the deck other than Dryad Arbor. So obviously it's in there for a specific reason. Um, there's a lot of tricks I've seen this deck play where if they have Quirion Ranger and they have Dryad Arbor, they can just basically block and return the Dryad Arbor to have your creature never deal any damage. You'll never get jit jit counters on one, if you have equipment. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot. Um, I, this this deck is pretty mana light. Uh, it, it plays 18 lands, but I think, what is it, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Five of those are non-cradles, so it has four cradles and five lands that produce mana, other than, oh, I guess, Dryad Arbor as well. So, sorry. Um, so you, this deck can like, you can stop this deck by not letting their, uh, Deathrite Shamans get active if that's how they start out. Like just don't play, fe- don't fetch or, you know, fetch sparingly if possible. Or don't um, kill them let's see. The I've seen them use, uh, what's that guy that draws a card when it comes into play? Oh, uh, the Yeah, they use that as, a, as like another one of their engines because they can just like keep casting that, bouncing it, casting that until they draw into their, you know, uh, win condition. But you gotta be careful because they'll switch gears midway through the game and you think they're gonna combo off and you're preparing for it. And before you know it, they just attacked you down with little dudes and you're at, you know, four or five life. Yeah, cause they can keep, so Nettleson and all So the, the deck is not afraid to just switch gears and just, you know, start the beat down against you. Yeah, cause Nettleson yeah. is a 2-2 two, two for one, but it's quote unquote downside. I don't know, I had a pretty interesting play against this deck over the weekend. We had a uh, Seattle GPT and I was undefeated all day with Merfolk. I'm playing against elves, and I, I let's see the guy. You know, I kind of goofed up, and he cast choke, and I only oh. had, I had an active uh, aether vial and one island in play. I had like cavernous souls and, and another land, so I didn't really care too much. But I had so much pride, I didn't want to get choked out that I forced it, uh-huh. and uh, he he cast um, I think it was natural order for the uh, crater hoof. So then I, I had to I had to start thinking about how am I going to get out of this situation. So I have no creatures in play. I have active Jid on two and a Mutavault in play. So I I what I should have done is activate Mutavault and then activate Aether Vial, putting in Phantasmal Image, copying his Crater Hoof, and then uh, putting that trigger on the stack to to get <laughs> plus two plus two, right? So what I did do was activate Aether Vial, put in Phantasmal Image, copy Crater Hoof, but I didn't announce my trigger. And then I activated Mutavault, so it actually came down to be relevant to where if I had played it properly, I would have won the game the next turn. But since I didn't, I lost right there and had to pack my stuff and go home. Definitely. So um, it's actually funny you brought up the choke because a lot of people don't realize this, but even though Elves is a mono-green deck, it cannot win against a Blood Moon. They run very, very few, uh, basics. So if you are able to keep their, uh, their Deathrite Shamans off the board, 
um, they basically have to draw into their two forests, and their only two forests in order to fight through a Blood Moon. So a lot of people don't realize to bring in the Blood Moon against the Mono Green deck, but it's actually a very effective tool against them. That's yeah. a really good point. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I would bring in Blood Moons just to turn off the Gaius Cradles alone. Because Gaius Cradles win the game so often. I cast uh, Arcane Laboratory against the Elves deck. It felt pretty good. Oh, nice. <laughs> I haven't seen that card in a while. Oh, yeah. That's an oldie but goodie. I used to, yeah, I used to use that against some of the... Adam uh, Merfolk against um, Omni Show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what would you say is this deck's strongest matchups? What, what, what does this deck win against? Other creature decks. Like it, I was going to say Merfolk. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll stomp out a Merfolk. You, generally, if they're a type player... Uh, it'll be any green white like Maverick style deck. Um, let's see, it loses to like Miracles. I've, I know it has a pretty rough match against Miracles, but basically any creature deck that doesn't have Punishing Fire, it can just dominate. Yeah, the Delver decks it generally is favored in, depending on the Delver deck. So I feel Rug Delver is probably the best matchup, but Bug Delver is probably the worst matchup if you're if you're the Delver player. Yeah. Um, so Rug is slightly favored against Elves, but Bug is slightly unfavored against Elves. Um, but yeah, for a long time, this deck was the best combo deck in the format. It was making top eight of SCG every single week. And, you know, like we said before, it's kind of fallen off the face of the earth a little bit uh, since the whole Treasure Cruise Dig Through Time shenanigans happened. <laughs> I'm having a hard time following. I'm trying to, fo- I'm trying to follow all Pat's questions here. <laughs> I don't know. I think the deck the deck is definitely on the upswing right now. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see it uh, come back with a vengeance. Yeah, I mean, if if that was uh, Ross Miriam's biggest thing was like that Treasure Cruise, and then after that, Dig Through Time, we're pushing it out of the game. I think that it probably is poised for a pretty strong comeback. Definitely. So, speaking of, uh, what would you boys say is your best bet when you are versing an Elves deck? What is the deck you want to be playing playing against Elves? Ten fence. Miracle. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> both solid answers. Uh, Adrian, Adrian, you go first. Why, uh, why Tinfins? Elves has a hard time against combo decks. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually, unf- oh, man, I've, I've lost. I can't even fucking say it. I played <laughs> Tinfins and lost to Elves because Nick Melatesta just fucking beat my face in quick. Yeah, like, I mean, Hillside and, like, Cabal Therapies are really fucking useful because you get enough creatures to flash the thing back to. Um, <laughs> You know, if 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 a tight elves player can rip your hand apart, it, it's hard to play a combo deck against them. Yeah, I feel that's the definition of the difference between a good elves player and a bad elves player. Is a bad elves player thinks of elves as strictly a combo deck and can only combo finish. A good elves player will win even without a combo. They just turn into like little green men beat down. So, I'm actually kind of curious. You know, we're, we're all looking at this list, but there's a lot of cards that are elf options that I don't see. Like, well, well, real quick, let's let's let Andrew defend his uh, point of view. Andrew, why uh, why would you go with Miracles as the better matchup? I think I know where you're going, but I uh, let's hear it. I mean, let me preface this by saying I will never play a Miracles deck. <laughs> <laughs> good man, good man. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It, the deck has a really tough time against the countertop lock, and yeah, also yeah. The de- uh, Miracles plays so many terminus that the, the engine can just never get going. Yeah, like I've seen. Miracles players just troll elves players where they just float that terminus on top for the longest time, wait for the elf player to crater hoof, and then they're like, oops, terminus, 
All your work I, is down the drain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, plus, like, if they're, if they have just, just, uh, uh, counterbalance out, they have a lot of one drops in that deck, so that's gonna, that's gonna, uh, counter a lot of the stuff in their deck just naturally. Yeah. Well, the, the nice thing is trying to Zenith for seven to bring out the Reclamation Sage. <laughs> yeah, to get around the counterbalance lock. <laughs> yep, I've seen that before too. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it is really kind of the best of both worlds with, uh, miracles. If you can get the countertop lock down before the else player can get going, you just lock them out of the game. And even if they do get going, you can just float a terminus on top and wipe their board and make them start all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think Adrian's got probably the most accurate, um, deck choice against elves. Like, if you, they have to rely on six discard spells out of their hand, you know, and naming the right card with Cabal Therapy at that. Like, if you're playing turn turn one combo deck, you have a really good shot against Elves. Right. They're also pretty much a turn slower than every other combo deck in the format. Um, they're the combo deck that other combo players love to see. Because if I'm playing, like, Sneak and Show or Tin Fins or Reanimator or Storm especially, Storm loves seeing uh, Elves. Because you just know for a fact they don't have any counter spells, so and they have very little way to interact with you. They have very little hate, um, so it's just you can just kill them before they kill you. Yep. So, okay, so I was I'm still curious about elf options. Yes. <laughs> uh, like when I was when I was originally so actually one of the things I was thinking about was when did I stop playing it and I and. It's when I started looking up the price of Heritage Druid. I know, right? <laughs> like, okay, twenty-five bucks. Uh, I can let those go. Elves used to be a budget deck. It it used to be a budget deck. It was pretty cheap to put together. Like, Glimpse of Nature and Gaia's Cradle were your only real money cards, and Glimpse of Nature was like twenty bucks, and Gaia's Cradle was. Uh, I remember Gaia's Cradle being like fifty, sixty dollars for the longest time. Yeah, it was like sixty when I got them. Until, and then, like, I got rid of them and then went down to GP Jersey and got them in Japanese. Yep. And <laughs> now Gaia's Cradles are about 150 to $180 for English. And the real kick in the teeth is Heritage Druid being a $15 uncommon. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, and it's, uh, it went to 25 and now it's down to 15 so it's still, it's still above Curse Catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I'm, I was thinking about even when I started putting elves together, and I only had like one cradle, I'd play crop rotation. Yeah. yeah um, or what's the other? Priest of Titania is not in this list. I was trying to think of some of the other budget options that I was using. Like I, I would actually, I was playing more Lanawar elves, which I don't see. There's only one Finhorn elf. Yeah, Lanawar elves have really. Fall, I don't know very many elves players who would. No, of course not. Elves, but I, I can see if you're looking for like a budgety version because. Well, as you were talking about blood moons, I was thinking about Lanawar elves. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a what's that? I've seen the budget version of it too, where it runs Jorga Warcaller. Oh my god! If you oh yeah, as the wind condition, and then it also runs like elvish. Uh, it's the elf lord that makes your elves stronger, but also turns them all into Lanawar elves. Oh, not Imperious Perfect. Um, oh, yeah, whatever the hell it is. I think it's like Elvish Archdruid or something of that nature. Yeah, I, I actually, I watched Melatesta one day. He went, like, cradle, crop rotated into another cradle. I think he might have even crop rotated to another one and then had a war collar that was like a 10-10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and, and just attacked me with it. It was sick. 
<laughs> it was an elf mirror match, and I had a migraine that day by the time we were done. Yeah, definitely. But I think you bring up a good point, too, Adrian, because this is also a deck that if you're going to be an elves player, you are an elves player, because pretty much nothing in this deck goes into other legacy decks. You you have the Bayous, the two Bayous, the Deathrite Shamans, and the Abrupt Decays. Other than that, you are looking at a strictly elf deck. Mm, some fetches. Yeah. I, mean, I I don't really count. I mean, okay, yeah. fetches. But even the yeah. fetches, it's like, what legacy decks are on woods, windswept teeth and wooded mm-hmm. foothills? Right. <laughs> what do you guys think is the is the cooler artwork? The natural order from Portal or natural order from Visions? Oh, that's a good Visions, Definitely Visions. I'm all about my Jaguars. Uh, I, I like the artwork. All right, so I like the artwork from Visions better, but I like the artwork from Portal because it's less common. Yeah, it looks like a broccoli man exploding. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mr. Mister Green has taken too many steroids, and he's blowing peas yeah, I mean, all over the place. <laughs> Dude, he's ripped, though. He's and, ripped. And by Mr. Green, uh, I, 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 I like the, the dead, dead mon- I like the dead monkey in the... I like the dead monkey in the visions art. Yeah, that's what I like about the visions art is that it kind of like tells a story almost. It's like it's very yeah. flavorful. You're sacking a creature to put a bigger creature into play. You're yep. killing a monkey to put a jaguar into play. I just hope that's not a curd ape. Yeah, I mean, look, the flavor text is sweet too. Curd ape, good. Uh, even better, actually, better than that is the Judge Foil Natural Orders, which are the visions art in foil form. It makes my eyes hurt. It does. It's uh, it's it's so it's, garish. Like if you're looking at the image on Star City Games, it's like it, it looks seizure inducing. <laughs> it looks like a it looks like a bad fucking uh, proxy. It does, but I still want it. <laughs> oh, I'm tempted. So, if anyone wants, there's a Korean natural order for forty one fifty nine on Star City Games. Oh, man, that's so, that. So out of. Uh, what the, what was the question you had up there, Pat? Do any of these cards port to other decks? Yeah, alright. What about other formats? Could you guys, just out of curiosity, could you see them unbanning Glimpse of Nature in Modern? Oh. Yes, but not for a, quite a while, I would say. I think yeah. they could unban it just because Elves isn't that great in Modern. Um, but at the same they time, don't, I don't. Guy is Cradle, right? Yeah, there's so no cradle. There's no cradle. So they'd have to. It would have to operate strictly on on. Um, there's elvish. Well, there's also elvish presence that I used to use, which is like a common that will turn a land into a cradle. Okay. It's an enchantment. Yeah, I think. I think glimpse of nature probably could be unbanned if the if magic gets a little better. Like magic's always getting. There's always more cards added, so combo decks are going to get better and better. And eventually, it's just going to turn into those situations where people are like, "Why is Glimpse of Nature banned again?" I'm, yeah, I'm just. I'm. I, I was looking at Glimpse of Nature and thinking about all the Chalice of the Voids anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I could definitely see him eventually unbanning it, but not for a while. And then, what do you think the price would spike to? Uh, probably a hundred dollars. <laughs> it hasn't been it hasn't been printed in ten years. I could easily see if that gets unbanned in modern, it going to a hundred dollars easy. Mm. Glad I have my i I was trying to put elves together for the longest time, and I finally got my play sets of Glimpse of Nature's. And as soon as I got my play sets, Nat, uh, Gaia's Cradle spiked up in price. 
I'm just like, yep, I'm just destined to never put this deck together. So <laughs> I think if I ever, ever sleeve up my glimpse of natures that took me a full year to finally put together, it's going to be in, like, Cheerios. Cause, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> this is the other deck that uses them, yeah. That's the only other deck that'll use, that'll use glimpse of natures. For our listeners who don't know, Cheerios is a hilarious... Pretty bad, but still hilarious legacy deck that runs like Ornithopters and Memnites and Cabal's Occurred Keep and all these zero casting cost creatures and Glimpse of Nature to draw your entire deck. And then cast Grape Shot. And then cast Grape Shot for the win. Which is fun. Had a pretty interesting version of that deck where you have, I think it was four cradles and a bunch of crop rotations, all the zeros, glimpses, and then he's playing Beck and Call. And his kill was, uh, what was it, Hydra? Like, the one that, like, is plus, you know, like, you can cast it for X and one green or something, and it's uncounterable. Oh, Miscutter Hydra? Oh, yeah, Miscutter Hydra. Yeah, he called it Hydra Ball, because he would just, like, ramp out on, like, turn zero. Oh, and it's haste, too. It's uncounterable, has haste and protection from blue. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty sweet. (laughs) That's hilarious. I like that. (laughs) Though that version does require... I think you have luck with the turn one Delver. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that version also requires you to have cradles, though. <laughs> or Nykthos. Nykthos, man. Uh, no, because all the creatures are colorless. Oh, yep, never mind. Zero droughts. I, actually, the, the Cabals may actually be red, so that may actually work with them. Wait, is it called, is it called Cheerios because they're all zero drops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so awesome. I saw a really interesting version of it. Uh, I forget what the card was called. This was so long ago. But it was like, one black, sacrifice a creature to add five black to your mana pool, or something like that, and they were using that to cast Tendrils of Agony. Uh, and then there's another, there's a white card that's like, sacrifice a creature, uh, return all other creature cards from play to your hand, so you can just do it all over again. Have you seen, uh, oh jeez, it's not Cheerios, but have you seen like the modern version of that? It's like Cheerios? Oh man, somebody fucking killed me with it. I'm like, what the fuck was that? I was doing like Modern Gorio's Vengeance, but he he had like a turn one Riddlesmith. Riddlesmith, what? <laughs> yeah, it was it was this weird like it was like a Cheerios deck in Modern. It was Riddlesmith and Pure Steel Paladin. That's what it was. Riddlesmith. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. Yeah, and Pure Steel Paladin. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. And then, like, every zero casting cost equipment. And, like, <laughs> equipped him on, equipped him on the pure steel paladin, and then, like, attacked me and grape shotted me. I'm like, what the hell was it? It was, it was the most fucked up shit. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, cause, uh, equipment you control has <laughs> equipped for zero as long as you control three or more artifacts. <laughs> so he's like, Mox Diamond, grape shot. I'm like, wow. That was, uh, <laughs> impressive. Is this is a modern. Oh, you mean Chromox? No, uh, Mox Opal. Mox Opal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We were both wrong. <laughs> Chromox and modern. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. So, I mean, other than some other shenanigans, there isn't really much else you can build with elves other than straight-up elves. Yeah. Yeah. So... Kind of on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you guys say is the difficulty for this deck? With, you know, 10 being Doomsday. Uh, it's gotta be uh, up there, right? It, it doesn't seem like a deck that piles itself. Yeah, 
I think it scales. I think it scales. Like the deck, the deck's fun, easy to play. Yeah. But like my, I mean, I look at my skill level with the deck and compare it to like Nick, and it's fucking worlds apart. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good metaphor for actually magic as a whole. The deck itself is easy to play, but very difficult to play well. Because you can play elves as just a regular vomit out your hand deck, or you can actually, you know, be strategic. Cast spells when you need to. Know when to be on the beatdown. Know when to be on the combo. Mm. I would still rank it as pretty hard. I would probably say on a scale of one to ten, I would put it at probably eight. Yeah, I think it's up there. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to play the deck, but I think it's, it's definitely not. Like I said, it doesn't pilot itself. And I think like rating it, I would, I would, I'd want to rate it with someone who's like a proficient. You know, like capable player, more so than like you know. If if I picked up the deck, I would just be playing one and two drops and hoping to get there. So natural order dot deck. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? Yeah, I put I probably say it teeters around the six or seven uh, range because I mean, people can just pick it up and even they even if they don't know the tricks or the subtleties of the deck, they can figure out how to cast the natural order and still win the game. So. That's mm-hmm. true. It has or a glimpse of nature. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of a, kind of a toss-up on that. So, I guess that kind of makes it the perfect learning deck. It's a deck that you can grow with. If you don't know anything about Legacy, you can play it as just natural order dot deck, and then as you learn more, you can pick up the subtleties and, you know, pilot it to a much, you know, better result. Yep. Yeah. It's just, you you don't, yeah, I mean, you're just really stuck with elves. Right, there's, without dropping, basically starting all over again. If you want to go to a different deck, you might as well be buying back into the Legacy from a fresh. Yeah. But the good thing is that the the cards hold their value, so it's not like, you know, if you're playing Elves for for a year, it's not like you're going to trade your cards in it, you know, 30% of what you bought them for. That's Legacy in general. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I mean, I was just just thinking about, like, well, uh... Cards that poured into other decks. I guess Eureka Show could use Progenitus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, they run the one on Progenitus in the uh, sideboard. <laughs> the fucking card's awesome. <laughs> it's too bad. Like Emrakul makes him look weak. Like, what the <laughs> well, no, it was Grizzlebrand Sneak and Show originally. I was telling people this at That's E on Sunday. Sneak and Show used to be a much weaker deck because the win conditions were Emrakul Progenitus. And then Grizzlegrand got put, put, uh, printed, and everyone's like, oh, I can draw seven and then put more creatures into play off my Seek Attack? Yes, I will do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a house. Yes, he is. So, so there's def- definitely a lot of, like, explosive plays, though, with the deck, though, right? Yeah, I mean... And you, not- you notice there's no cage on the sideboard, right, Pat? Uh, I did not notice that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's cages- working against... That's right. working against their deck, though, right? Yeah, right. Graph Digger's Cage you want to bring in against elves, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of people don't realize that. They think of Graph Digger's Cage as a strictly graveyard hate, yeah. but elves work strictly out of their library. If you shut off their ability to search their library, um, they are very limited in their win condition. They basically have to win with a glimpse of nature. So, so it, it, it kills eight cards in the deck. Two very interesting sideboard cards, then, against... Like a little bit of sideboard tech against elves would be Blood Moon and uh, and Graftiger's Cage, kind yeah. of like 
little bit counterintuitive, maybe, if you're not super familiar with the deck, but mm-hmm. certainly those are good cards to know because they're so ubiquitous in, in a lot of sideboards anyway. Right. Uh, yeah. Certainly uh, Cage. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I understand what Jerry's saying. I don't worry about Blood Moon so much in an elf deck because if you land an elf, you're going to start getting green mana anyway to get more. But they're not. They have to land a Deathrite Shaman or they're one of uh, Findorn elves. Any other elf isn't going to produce mana. For this one, yeah, right. Or I mean, well, you need a turn two Blood Moon. A Birchlore Ranger will get you green mana. Well, the thing is, is usually if you're running Blood Moon, you're running Reds, so you're also running Removal. So you can pick off their couple of uh, uh, mana producers. I, you, I, I just, just Out of curiosity, you're doing Blood Moon and Sneak and Show, right? Uh, yes, yeah, I am. Uh, you got a, you got Bird in there? I, yeah, I do. I'm running Sudden Shock. Good old Sudden Shock. <laughs> how many, how many copies? Uh, three. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Sneak and Show, like, uh, that's a real tough call. I don't know if Blood Moon would be the best for a Sneak and Show, but if I'm running, like, Burn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, Burn, Blue Red Delver, or that Goblins list, I would definitely, any, any deck that can make, Use of Blood Moon and is winning and has some form of removal. I would definitely recommend bringing in Blood Moon against Elves because you can use your removal to pick off their one or two mana producers and just lock them out of the game. So what if you're not red? Uh, so if you're not red, Grafdigger's Cage. I cannot count the number of times I've boarded in Grafdigger's Cage against Elves. Okay. Uh, I, I like I like Engineered Plague. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. It's, it's funny, so my, my friend Dan, we were talking about this. Elves is unfortunately just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but just the way Elves is set up is Elves gets a lot of collateral damage of other, uh, sideboard hate. So, he was playing, uh, Green Black Pox, and he boarded in 14 cards. Because, not because he was planning on hating out Elves, it's just 14 of his sideboard cards just happened to hate out Elves. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I mean, it's weak to sweepers, it's weak to minus one, minus one, so as soon as True Name came along, that made Elves more of a liability, because people were running minus one, minus one effects to get rid of True Name Nemesis. Right, like uh, Golgari Charm. Yeah, Golgari Charm, uh, Knight of Souls Betrayal. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the best cards ever against Elves is Dark Blast. Elves cannot beat a Dark Blast. I was running a, a Dark Blast in my sideboard when I was playing Grixis Delver, and I played Elves, and it just was not fair. Like, he could not keep a creature on the board. <laughs> tabernacle. Yeah, Tabernacle. <laughs> so, like, that's one of the weaknesses of Elves, is it's a really powerful deck, but there is so much sideboard hate for it that people are just running anyways, not necessarily targeting Elves. So, chances are, if you put together a well-comprehensive sideboard, you're going to have some hate for Elves, whether you intend to or not. Yeah. So Merge is a pretty good card we didn't name yet. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. That is a that is a two of in my my sideboard right now. I love to submerge their Dryad Arbor or submerge. <laughs> oh, Ooh, or that's submerge. good. You can submerge like a an important creature of theirs with their with their fetch on the stack too to wash it into their deck. <laughs> nice. Ooh. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Ah. Such such a good format. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it, man. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but, um, so, alright, so I guess that's it for elves? Yeah. Hope, uh, hope, uh, the listeners learned something. Oh, right? oh, oh, did we have more questions? I didn't even finish reading Pat's list. <laughs> it wasn't that long. <laughs> it's, it's not a formal list, it's just something that when the air goes dead, we can have something to refer to. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, so the Echo's dead because I'm reading this list. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think it's just good. That way we can address... So yeah. people can listen to episodes and be like, oh, they have addressed these in all these, you know, addressed the same things in all these decks. It just, yeah. I think it just makes it a better, you know, if people are listening yeah. back to episodes, it makes it more useful. Sure. Yeah, sure. I was also just picking up at random. Like, I would just look over, and whenever I felt that the conversation was waning, I would just choose one of the questions and just go yep. for it. Yeah. Sure. I like, and did we miss any of your points, though, Pat? No, no, no. You guys, you guys crushed them all, man. You did a great job. Whatever, man. Pat's going corporate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, he's going to be cutting off his ponytail and wearing <laughs> no, he's just Put it into a man bun. Is that the fucking thing? <laughs> Going vegan. Just, just, just for the record, I do not have a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, everyone can see your shiny bald head on the uh, the Leaving a Legacy logo. <laughs> oh, yeah. It does look bald. It's just going to keep my hair real short. <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? I have a fucking luscious flowing mane of hair. I just keep it short. I keep I keep it short, you know. So I, so I got a haircut the other day, and I went to work. And one of the guys I work with, he's seventy six. He's fucking awesome. And I walked in. I'm like, oh, I got a haircut. He's like, yeah, you should have got it lower. I said, well, I tried to get the guy to go below the belly button, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> Top eight pairings have been posted. So, wow, man, it's been a fucking year. That's uh, some crazy shit, and and all these guys have been fucking awesome. So, uh, scoop it into top eight. You want to start? You want to start, Andrew? Yeah, that's fine. I'll scoop in. I mean, I, I know it's a cop, but I'll scoop you guys in. <laughs> I like how we've, like, started that as our catchphrase. I know it's a cop, out, but I'm going to scoop you guys in. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, just for keeping me entertained on a Monday. I appreciate it, guys, every Monday. Oh, I'm glad. And I'll scoop in Evan since he, he's not here tonight. I wish he was. Yeah. And then uh, I'll scoop in Team Tuss just because uh, that's the only people I'm going to be scooping in this weekend. It's just going to be cutthroat the rest of the way. <laughs> Love it. Everyone else, we're playing it out. Yep. <laughs> Dream crush them all, man. Dream crush them all. <laughs> oh, man. I actually got Dream Crushed by a Team Tusk member <laughs> at uh, the uh, uh, Eternal Extravaganza down in Philadelphia. I don't oh. know I don't know if he was an official member or if he was just a, uh, a hanger-on. Oh, okay. <laughs> about Pat? Um, yeah, I'd like to... Uh... Scooping John and scooping Andrew for coming on today. It's great to hear from you guys. Um, uh, I'm really looking forward to your podcast, man. I can't tell you how excited I am to hear it. Um, it's uh, the, doing them is a lot of work, but I think you'll find it to be very rewarding, and it's a uh, it's a pretty cool creative outlet to have um, if you're into that stuff. So good yes. on you for for growing, man. I certainly hope we don't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way, man. You guys do a great job, I'm sure. Um, uh, also scoop in, uh, Jerry for crushing it this weekend at TE. Aw, thanks, Pat. Nice <laughs> crushing it? What do you mean he split top four? Was oh my god, I have a life. <laughs> yeah. I would do, th- I would do the same, I would do the same because, you know what? Your, uh, your, like, your expected payout is just higher if you split. Yeah, exactly. It's a math thing. It's a math thing. If you top eight a hundred thousand tournaments, if you split compared to playing it out, on average, you're going to get more money splitting just because hey. of variance. But you know what? It's not. It's not crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're it right, is I, my standards. I have, I have very low I standards have no for crushing There you go, Pat. <laughs> Set the bar low. <laughs> then you can never be disappointed, man. That's all it is. No, I know. I know. 
Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, Tony a G two for uh, for buying up all the commons all the time, and uh, we're still doing that drive. So if you guys have uh, draft commons, uncommons, a bunch of stuff from the uh, new set, because you're chasing. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say because you're chasing expeditions. Uh, yeah, send Kermit, them up our way. Kermit's gonna blow a blood vessel soon if we don't give out this revised pack. So help us get to a thousand dollars so I can give it out already. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah. and that that's gonna do it for me, I think, man. How about you, Jerry? You the birthday boy? I'm the birthday boy. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, also gonna scoop in uh, John Kerman and Andrew because you guys are awesome, and you know, you I feel you guys epitomize, you know, why we do this. You guys are people who love the the cast and you interact with us, and you make us know how much you like it, and just really keeps us going. So thank you. Um, also, just want to scoop in uh, Nick Wilbur and Sierra for uh, moving into the house, having the housewarming party. I got to hang out with uh, Nate outside of uh, Magic Tournaments, which was awesome. Nate is the local judge, so it was my first time seeing Nate out in the wilds, and that was quite an experience, which I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, I'm also just seeing all the other locals like Sissio and Brent and... Uh, you know, Steve, everyone, really. Uh, so, really good seeing those people. And also, just to cap it off, I just want to kind of thank all the listeners as a whole, because we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you guys. Or maybe we would, but we would come off as a lot more crazy if it wasn't for you guys. <laughs> uh, what about you, Adrian? You want to take us home? Yeah, the Godfather. Oh, the Godfather, but some shit, man. Uh, I'm, well, I'm a... Not that any of these guys fucking listen, but I'm gonna scoop in every motherfucker that helped me close on his house. Holy shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm gonna scoop in every, what's that, like, there's gotta be 110 people now in a Facebook group or some shit? It's more than that, it was like 128. Yeah, it's just getting fucking wild. And, um, and so like, you know, the fucking long list there, I mean, Braden, Chee, Kyle, Carmen, um, uh, and, the guys out in Indiana, uh, yeah. So I actually I was at, I was at work earlier, and you know normally I'll try to like proof listen and shit, and I, I got the cast late, and I just fucking posted it up, and I'm at work, and then at some point in the day I see a post from Celso, and I'm like, oh fuck, what the hell did I leave in about the cutting and pasting? Yeah. What the hell did Pat sneak in there? <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, that must be what it's like for Jerry when he's like, doesn't listen to the cast and people are comment. <laughs> hey, I'm listening to it now. I'm listening to it now. I have my own perfect edit in my head. <laughs> um. So yeah, fucking shout out to Celso. Oh, sorry, scoop into Celso too, and uh, and fucking CJ and really Houston. You know, Houston was fucking big on me and Jerry Stantonis too, just in helping us figure out how to do the software and shit. And like I said, you know, Andrew, if there's anything you need, let me know. And, uh, be more, more than glad to help out fucking Team Tusk any way I can. I appreciate that. Um. Yeah, if you need any eye candy, Pat's your man. <laughs> <laughs> and if you need any sugar candy, Jerry's your man. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Jerry, the man with the van. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm like abducting children or I'm selling cocaine out of the back of an ice cream truck or. I don't like it. I don't like it. But if it's what I have to do, I'll do it for Team Tusk. Hey, I like it. I like it. And, oh man. Uh, I think, oh, 
Well, yeah, and I, I scooped in fucking Kyle, scooped him in again for helping me get the ether vials. Yeah, how how far are you along in Merfolk, man? You get any more cards this weekend, or ether vials? <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> besides that, fucking dick. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually part of me's debating. Uh, like, I, I was just making... you sell out a legacy again? <laughs> no, 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 no. Part of me, part of me was debating about whether I even wanted to put Merfolk together um, to play in modern. Or just gun it fucking legacy and just play it legacy. And and I I'm really I'm I'm not a modern player. And, and like the Just the, do the, legacy, you'll be much happier with it. Oh no, of course. I mean I could do both. It's just like the thing is is while I'm waiting to get a set of wastelands and force of wills, do I pick up like spreading seas and play modern in the meantime? Oh, I see, yeah. That type of thing. And and, and uh because of course, you know, I have the cards, I don't have the full deck, I still want to play. Um I did take it and like proxied it up so that I could keep in mind the cards that I needed to tr- find and track down. And uh so I'm looking forward to going to do more drafts and picking up some fucking some Merfolk pieces. Nice. So out of the 60 main, how many cards would you say you have? Um 30? Oh, okay, so you're pretty far along then. I don't know. I think what did I have 25% last time? So I have probably have like 25% plus 2 meter volts. I don't know. And Aether vials? Oh no, uh you know what else? Uh, yeah, well, oh, oh, what did I say? Meta vaults? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was actually, I went and did the pre-release and I got some, I got this like foil, I got a foil island. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty fucking slick. And like, it's already a U. So, I don't know. Foiling, really still not a fan. I'll take it off your hands if you don't want it. You uh, would. You yeah. would. I'll yeah. trade, I'll trade it to you for, uh, I don't know, something I need for the deck. Okay, sounds good. Uh, but yep, yeah, I love me some Zendikar foils. I'm hoping to crack all the Zendikar foil lands. Mm. Yeah, I got, I got a nice little stack of full arts right now. Yeah, that's what I want to go do some drafts and pick up. Make sure I get 12 of the same artwork and fucking stick them in the deck. 12 cups? Cup islands? Gotta go with the <laughs> cup islands. Yeah, whatever, whatever the first ones that I get 12 of are. <laughs> the, uh, I mean... You can pick them up. You can buy them too. These things are gonna be fucking cheap for a while. So let me yeah. let me tell you, as I'm looking to put Merfolk together, how excited I am at the prospect of buying basic lands. <laughs> okay. You know, you can always. The point of Merfolk is I can get away with playing basic lands. You're like, I can go buy those. You can always ball out, man, and go with the unhinged. Those yeah. are the nicest ones you can get. Now twelve. Now twelve Guru Islands. No. Guru <laughs> Islands are fucking ugly, dude. Ugly <laughs> they actually are. They're not very attractive. For as expensive as they as expensive as they are, I don't think they're very good. I the one thing I like about Guru Islands that I like is that they foiled out the set expansion and nothing else. And it's I think it's the only set that has ever done that. What would have one what thing was selling a tea that had like um it wasn't artwork, it was like pictures from the world? Yeah, those are uh like arena lands or something yeah. like that. It was a special set of lands that all had real world geographic reference points. They're actually not that expensive. You can usually get like non blue ones for about ten dollars and like blue ones are usually a little bit more expensive, but as far as pimped out basic lands go, that's not that bad. Oh, it looks like the it looks like the unhinged lands have gone down quite a bit. Oh Maybe? really? I don't know. The islands, just the regular islands, are twelve sixty one. That's about yeah. That's about where it is was. It? Yeah, oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking the, of the, what's the foils. foil price. What's the foil price? Foil price is eighty six. Holy shit! 
<laughs> that is but actually like, that is actually a little down. It was pushing a hundred for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> beautiful artwork, though. Beautiful artwork. I have, oh, I I have it hanging. I have the uh, lithographs hanging in my uh, living room. Do they tap for blue? They do tap for blue. That's okay, how. I, that's how I summon the news. <laughs> Baller status. Baller, Baller status. But yeah, no, I love the John Avon uh, cycle. It's my all-time favorite uh, land art. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, I guess with, with all of that, man, uh, you know, it, it's been fucking cool to bring people something on a Monday. So, you know, hoping hoping everybody's Monday is stellar from here out. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>